Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Take things in stride Sounds like good advice But there's no one at my side I will never, ever listen to that song again without without crying I tried to like get build an immunity today <clears throat> Yeah, and listen to it on repeat for a few minutes. And I just like, I listened to it like five times. I cried five times. You know what I'm saying? It's impossible. It's impossible. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Penny Bloom podcast. The Last of Us is what we're talking today. Episodes one through three uh, by the finally. titles, uh, by the titles, When You're Lost in the Darkness and episode one, episode two, Infected and episode three, Long, long time after that song by Linda Ronstadt. I'm Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? It has been long overdue to talk of of, of this show, and I'm I'm glad we can finally get to it. It's been um, goddamn tempting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. One up. But uh, although nice to have a show just to sit back. Watch three episodes. We didn't. We didn't plan to cover this at all. Our plan was actually to never cover it, or maybe do a halftime heat check. Was our initial plan? You know, mm-hmm. stay away. Have a show that we can just watch. And then, goddamn, it got way too good, and it's probably going to be the best show to come out. I don't know in the last. I don't know how many years if it keeps this pace up. So I don't yeah. want to get you know too excited or anything. I'm going to keep my expectations low. But like these episodes, at least, have been some of my favorites. Oh, already episode um, three alone is on the level of the esteem i hold like the best episode of andor no episode of the house of the dragon touched episode three for me there are few episodes of game of thrones that touch this level for me like you you're right there this this episode it's not just we cried i mean it was i, I broke down it was I a was... fucking shit show, buddy. Oh my like, God. <laughs> I'm sitting here. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah, We're yeah, going to try and take this episode by episode. It's going to get hard to hold back until episode three. But God damn, man. Uh, the Last of Us has been a fucking banger. Created by Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. Neil Druckmann being the creator of the video game. And mm-hmm. Craig Mazin being uh, the showrunner, their co-showrunning, sort of. Uh, Craig Mazin so far has had a hand in writing all the episodes. And uh, he also was the showrunner for Chernobyl. I don't know if you remember yes, that. Yes, I watched series. it. I did yeah. see that, and it was so good. Like, HBO just has a thing about just making really good TV shows about anything. Mm. Uh, I guess it's just the budget, really. I think they just, like, really 
Uh, budget to know, make budget it look helps. good and to make it like. But the. I don't know the writing. I guess it's the writing they really... has to be there. The, the yeah, direction right. has to be there. Like all these things have to be there. And Craig Mazin being the showrunner for both these shows, I think, makes a lot of sense, especially given the sort of vibe we get out of the first episode is very, very, you know, foreboding, uh, disaster looming. Uh, that was a hell of a, a premiere. And frankly, my favorite pilot, and I don't know how long, um, it washed Andor's premiere, it washed House of the Dragons premiere, and those being the two most recent shows we watched and loved. That feels like a good comparison. Uh, I guess like Westworld's premiere, but no, no. I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing well, is stacking up to this. No, this is one of the best pilots I've ever seen in my life, and apparently, these first two episodes are incredibly video game accurate, like oh, to yeah. a shot that's, by shot. That's like all I've seen. I've, I haven't played the game, so I've like I've seen a couple clips here and there of like before the show started and stuff. But like now, just seeing the actual side by side of the TV show and video game, and like literally, it's line by line. Outfits are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, as a video game fan, I haven't heard like or not me as the video game fan, but as I've heard from the video game community, it's been like this has been. Per, like exactly what someone would want from their favorite video game to become a, sh- a show mm. finally and so. i like this is just good tv homie pedro pascal fucking dominating the role of joel, joel miller bella ramsey is absolutely crushing ellie like this has been incredible and I, i'm just i'm so excited to dig into it so let's start with episode one uh all in all, like I said, uh, fuck yes, this episode was that's... outstanding. And that opening in 1968, I have never watched a scene set a tone for a series better. Like, it is... this is a cold fucking open, buddy. It's my favorite scene of the episode. Even with everything that happens, it's it my favorite scene. It was damn close to being mine. It was damn it's, close to yeah. being mine. I mean... I open the show, I'm expecting, you know, like, the only thing I'm going into the show knowing is, like, zombies-esque, like, it's some infected something, Mm. and Joel, I knew the name Joel, and I knew he, like, protected a young girl, like, just a young person, I didn't even know it was a girl, or I had no idea, I just knew he protected, like, a young child, that was it, Mm. and then I'm, like, opening it up in, like, night, yeah, in 63, was it, or something like that, like, 68, um, 68, and I'm, like, Okay, this is not what I expected at all. No, right. But by the end all. of it, that's all. That's I mean, all you get. Like, oh my god! And the way that, like, it, it, you know, the tone is like, it's a talk show. It's fun. It's laughable. Ah, huh? Doctor Newman's like, yeah, you know, wars happen. Pandemic, like, diseases. Or you happen. get your LSD. We always overcome. You know? yeah, we always it's... overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, always win. Oh, that's that's a problem. Now, what do you mean by that, Doctor? Um, well. You know, uh, if they they would just take over our bodies, inhabit our brains, and absolutely kill us. That's the thing is that I was watching this, and I'm like listening to it, and I'm like, well, this is all sounding actually like real. You know, like all of this sounds real, but this is TV. I'm not going to just straight up believe that this mm. is like scientifically real, like whatever. And then I'm like, 
you know, I, I go and pull, you know, pull my phone after the episode, and it's like, oh, yeah, we we have like evolved to not let fungi infect our bodies, and like, or maybe not for that reason specifically, but it's there. Yeah. And but what war- would happen if the world if, were to get slightly warmer? That's the thing is that we are living in that current yeah phase yeah. right no. now, and they know and, that. They know that. That's yeah. why it's there. It's and, there to horrify us. And that and that's the thing is that like this process for fungi to evolve to adapt to that temperature, it would take hundreds of years. You know, that that in itself would take a long time, probably. The more dangerous part is just everything else that happens. I mean that that is the day that the danger of global warming or climate change isn't just the temperature getting hotter. It's just no. everything else that comes with it. That's yeah. the danger. And that's like, I love a show that I hope more people are, you know, getting a little woken up to this idea. You know, it's science isn't all happy sunshine and rainbows. You know, sometimes it comes down to surviving and, you know, it's not all good news. And that's no. exactly what we saw on TV whenever the bad news was given. So what if that happens? We lose. We'll be right back. Let's yeah, cut to okay. break. We're cut to break. A break. And then and the cut to black and the fucking theme kicking in. I was like, oh, instantly. Okay. Yeah. And like the title card is the spreading Fungi, of the disease. Yeah. So it's like, oh, dude, you're like, it's already happened. I don't know. It was it was super cool. And I don't An know if I'm incredible beginning. I don't know if I'm wrong in this. I wanted to get your opinion on it. Um, whenever the doctor or professor uh I forgot what the uh, pandemiologist or epidemiologist or whatever. Yeah. Um, he says um, billions of puppets with poison minds permanently fixed on one unifying goal to spread the infection to every last human alive by any means necessary. While he says this, it's showing the crowd all blank faced, no reaction. No, you read that exactly right. I mean – it seems to me that they're trying to say that, like, the infection is already spread. Not the literal infection, you know, but, like, oh, yeah. you're hearing this right in front of you. It's in the, it's plain English. There's no, nothing super hard to understand. And they are not reacting the way they should. They should be scared out of their minds hearing this. Like, this should scare anyone. Like, the reaction in episode two, I know it's jumping the gun, but that the scientist had after she realized what has happened. That's the reaction you have to like, you know, that's okay. when it really happened. See, but I read it different. I read oh. this as them being scared. Oh, as them being. I so they were scared and didn't know what to. Project, yeah, exactly. Like they did what you would have to do okay. if that happened, which is nothing. There's nothing you can do. If that happens, we lose. And what are they doing? They're just sitting there. You know, like, well. There, there's certainly one white guy in the crowd going, well, at least the world's not getting any warmer. You know what I'm saying? Um, yep. Ooh. But... <laughs> what an opening to a show. You know? No, yeah, that was incredible. And uh, it takes us after the uh, theme song into Outbreak Day on September 26, 2003, where Sarah is preparing breakfast for her, for her father, Joel, notably... Out of pancake mix. Couldn't get pancake mix. Very important when they figure out that that's what caused the spread. 
it getting into these sorts of things. Also, very important later on, he didn't get a birthday cake. He oh. forgot to get a birthday cake. Oh my god. It's actually important. Yes. Like actually like not just a loose detail thrown in. It's actually like character development though. Mm-hmm. Like at the same time. I didn't even there's wow. that line in episode three where he starts listing off things. He goes yeah. in basic ingredients like flour, sugar, and then he takes like a long pause and he like thinks to himself and he goes, pancake mix. Like Oh my god. Yeah, because in episode two they literally say like it was from a factory worker. Red factory, yeah. Oh my god. Yep. Out of Ooh. pancake mix, forgot to get a cake. Joel saved them from being infective inadvertently. Uh no. 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 <laughs> and no, it couldn't get worse, I thought, you know. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, like, I think that kind of you know, it, it, there's a okay. little bit of everything there, but uh yeah, his brother Tommy enters the scene and they're like, uh, you, you meet uh, Gabriel Luna's Tommy, who I think is also fucking awesome. Cannot wait until we get more of him in here because I love me some Gabriel Luna. Uh, but uh, you could tell they have they have a really nice relationship, Joel and Tommy. Uh, as, as nice a relationship as Joel is capable of having with another person. Um, so and, far. Yes, so far. And uh, Sarah is a little bit, uh, you know, down about the fact that Joel's going to have to work today on his birthday. And Joel's like, ah, it'll be all right. I'll be home by nine and everything will be all right. And Sarah goes off, gets ready for school, grabs $60 and a broken watch from Joel's drawer and heads on out as she plays with the blade of his knife after and put it right back. Also very impressive on this girl to be able to close one of those knives because I am terrible at that. I've never been able to do it. What was the, like, she had the knife and then, like, because fully in my mind, I'm like, oh, she's going to get, she, someone's going to scare her, she's going to cut herself, or something, cut herself, whatever. Yeah, right. It's like, I don't know, that's in my mind. The horn honked, and then she just didn't cut her, like, nothing happened. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know why they focused on that knife. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like it was important for some reason. Like, she no. really, and, like, the music swelled first at that moment when she was, like, Holding it in her hands, I don't know. I just, I didn't know if I was missing something. Um, no, yeah, I'm not, not sure. Like I think it was. I, I don't really know what it was supposed to be. I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of significance tied to this knife that comes back around because in the next episode we watch uh, uh, Ellie play with a knife and Joel go, "That's a nice knife. Where'd you get it?" And you know, like I think that's it's then right now it's seen as like a thing of you know craftsmanship, a, a mm-hmm. tool, but like. In their world, it is seen as like a you need a knife. You need a knife. Yeah. It is that that is like that is a valuable. That's like a lot of. It's worth probably. A lot, I don't know. Mm. Like that's probably the because you know how much this is worth. Yeah. Nothing anymore. The rewatch is way different. Oh like, yes, rewatching them is is yeah. way different. Um, it, and I uh, th- there's a lot, especially mm. this scene continues. Joel starts packing the car. Sarah makes a deal with her neighbor, Danny Adler, to come over after school and bake cookies. Bake cookies oh, no, and biscuits and fuck. And she, fuck, she's eating biscuits. And again, too. Joel notes that he's on the Atkins diet. He hasn't been eating carbs. He's not, he's been, he's been good for weeks, you know, like. That was uh, actually legit. Yeah. No, that's yeah. Legit. I thought he just made that up on the spot just to get out of eating biscuits, but that's Yeah, actually... you know, there's a distinct possibility that that's the case, but you know, uh. That, just that would make sense though. That yeah, would, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but, uh, after, after school, it's the watch on over to, to 
get it fixed and Nazir is like, you know what? I can uh, I can fix this for 20. And she's like, really? That's it? And he's like, I can make it 30. And she's like, no, that's good. We're good with 20. Uh, and as he fixes it, police cars and fire trucks and ambulances zoom by, especially after mention of something happening in Jakarta at mm. breakfast. You know, you're like, huh, wonder what's going on today. You know, something bad's happening. It's the last of us. Uh, Jakarta being mentioned at breakfast where we kick off episode two. Uh, yeah and i love how it it was like is that somewhere in the middle east definitely a country though for sure a country yeah yeah joel you're right yeah for sure a country and then you know he gets there coming like uh wow uh def not even a country by the way it's just the capital of indonesia like i love like knowing where her story goes they make you care as much as you possibly can about her as quickly as you can, you know? We are 27 minutes into this episode, and I am sobbing. You know, 27 minutes into a season of television, and I'm already crying my fucking ass off. But, anywho, (laughs) uh, Nazir finishes up fixing the watch as uh, his wife comes out and demands that they close the store. He can't finish fixing the watch. She has to leave, and she recommends he go straight home. Or she goes straight home and, you know, rushes her out of the store, closes up shop. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's left to uh, head on over to the Adler house where she questions Connie about everybody being on edge, it seems like. there's Ooh. Did one one little note I actually took. It's a quick f- 30 seconds, but it's just her in school. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, like, one of the most accurate depictions of school that I've seen yeah. in TV yeah. in a long... Like, a lot of it is, like... They're in school, and then all the stereotypical movie school stuff happens, whatever. This was just... <laughs> Someone throws a paper airplane yeah. across the room. This was just, I'm in class, the teacher is literally saying, copy this down word for word. You know, maybe that's a little cheesy, corny, whatever. But the teacher had, like, one line. They had to say something to get the point across. Yeah. But, like, the actual distractions that she's having, her just being zoned out completely, and then her, like, leaving. Like, I love how it was just, like very like school obviously she goes to school joel's going to work you know and like they showed it i don't know it was just very real like the the, the show has just felt very real well and it's also used to build tension you know we're passing time she's zoning out there's like you're like no something's gonna happen yeah that's the thing is that you know something's gonna happen the whole time and you're like well and it's not even just because you know there is a distinct lack of music pretty much the entire episode Ooh! and when you sit in silence during a tv show or movie you naturally go what the fuck is about to happen you know like uh huh that's interesting yeah there's i didn't even think about that and dialogue at multiple points like there's a lack of music whenever you whenever you're able to hear the sirens go by just you know like that stuff is is there so you feel on edge like and they do a really good job at it um and Mm. yeah so she she heads on over to the adlers and she asks about the heavy law enforcement and Connie's like, well, people need to get right with God. One, uh, one cross plus three nails equals four given. And I was like, that is the funniest shit I have he ever just heard. In my asked life. if everything was okay. She was like, Hey, I just got home from school. I don't You know, I don't watch the news. I'm, I'm a kid. I don't have access to the internet, I guess yet, you know, cause it's 2003. Um, mm-hmm. is everything okay? You got to get right with Jesus kid. I don't know what else to tell you. Just go to church and everything's going to – like what? It clearly worked out for Mrs. Adler here. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
after baking cookies with Connie, Sarah works on uh, some homework while Connie feeds her mom, Nana, who is clearly suffering from some sort of uh, dementia or aphasia or something, can't speak and kind of sitting in the same spot. And Connie leaves to take the cookies out of the oven and Sarah enters the room with Nana, checking out Connie's DVD collection. And she finds a uh, Curtis in the Viper too. But while she's looking at it in the background, you start to see Nana acting all clicky. Opens yeah. the mouth real wide, and I like that they never like focus. Mm-hmm. It was it's blurry the whole all time, blurred yeah. out of focus, and you're like, yeah. "No, no, no, no! Get the fuck out of that house, buddy! Leave, please!" And uh, and then nothing, nothing, you know, nothing for a little bit. Like mm-hmm. that's just it for now, and and then that raises the tension even more, and you're like, "Fucking fuck!" Uh, you're like, Connie, "Oh, is this it? Is this it?" And then no. Nope. Not quite. Not yet. But Connie agrees to lend her the DVD, and Sarah's like, you know what? I, I got to leave. Joel's going to be back from work soon, and or my dad's going to be home from work soon. We know him as Joel. She doesn't. Uh, <laughs> Connie's like, take some cookies before you go, and she politely declines. And uh, she also God notices. Damn it. Yep. Man, I didn't even think of this aspect until now. Yeah, I didn't either until the third episode when he explains it expressly. You know, like I, I didn't think much of it when they were when the mycologist in Jakarta is talking about mm. how it started in a bread factory and stuff. But when Joel gives that express explanation to Ellie, I'm like, yeah. And then I rewatch it, I'm like, fuck, oh my god. Uh, anyway, uh, as she's walking out, she notices the Adler's dog Mercy sitting quietly and perfectly still staring at nana hey i'll hear about that if, if yeah. your dog is sitting there staring at somebody call nine on edge just get out of. i there. don't know if it's a loved one um be ready for anything like yeah uh, they might be infected by some sort of fungus. no i'm like legitimately dogs can actually sense like heart attacks before they happen like this is real like dogs do this like mm. they legitimately have like their no they sniff so good they can sniff like the difference of your pores and blood and shit whatever they legitimately can like sense like strokes and not every dog will just sit like this if you're about mm. to have a stroke right. and do it but like trained enough dog like if a dog is doing this just maybe think a little more into it cuz like there is a reason behind it right so. right yeah but Which, so I don't know, it's surprising, like, everything in this show is, like, really hardcore based in science. Yeah, like, a lot of accurate. it. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of it. And, like, I don't know, I was look just on Twitter all the time, like, and just, they did a lot of research just on fungi, a lot, mm. obviously. Assuming, you know, like, yeah. and, uh, the, you know, some things are changed that, that we'll get into, but, like, everything, like, up to this point has just been, like, pretty much how the world like it seems just very real like how it yeah. would happen in, in i don't know it's very very strange very creepy horrifying but, uh mm. but yeah after that Joel comes home an hour late from work with a, with without a cake uh much to Sarah's disappointment but for her own good i mean who knows if it's for her own good she dies anyway uh but however she quickly cheers up and gives him his two birthday presents, a watch she had fixed for him with his own money, and a copy of Curtis and the Viper 2 from the Adlers. And uh, the two 
falls uh, she falls asleep in his lap after he expressly tells her don't fall asleep while we watch this movie and i also <laughs> love that the movie is called curtis and the viper because uh pedro pascal's character in game of thrones is known is as that the viper. why i'm almost certain that's a that's little sick older. yeah um, I didn't, oh i didn't even think about that yeah it'd be an hbo and all i bet i bet there's something there but, oh uh, yeah, yeah okay cool. sarah that's... falls asleep in his lap which was adorable i almost picked this as my favorite scene because it's just so like the only good moment i have a feeling that they'll have yeah. ever um mm-hmm. but uh joel watches the movie after she's fallen asleep and he receives a phone call from tommy who's in jail for assault there was somebody at the bar harassing a waitress and uh knocking fighting a bunch of people and he had to knock the dude out he was crazy mm. and uh homie was infected and uh joel was like god damn it tommy all right yep i'm on my way where are you at and he goes ahead carries sarah to her room tucks her in and leaves the house at 11 p.m we cut to 2 15 sarah's waking up to the sound of helicopters and she gets up to find joel is not home and she turns on the tv to see an emergency alert system still i don't believe there's music like you are still just hearing the sound yeah. of the environment oh um, that's just terrible you're yeah. like we're just experiencing it with you are in them. it you know yeah, like, like yeah oh and, uh, she get and she turns on the the tv emergency alert system stay inside your homes and she is startled when mercy starts pounding at her window and heads outside to comfort him if a dog is ever this insistent to get in your house just let him in you don't need you don't need don't to go take outside him. let them in close the door like, Especially when there's an emergency alert system telling yeah. you to go inside. You know, th- my um, thought was like, okay, get dog inside because I like dog. And then I don't go. I maybe look out, you know, be like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. And then I see a few explosions and then I'm probably like, I'll I'm close my door for now. Yeah. You know? Um, balls, bro. Yeah, Ain't no, no way I'm doing this. And like, it, it, also on a real note, even if there's not a disaster happening, uh, if a dog that you know is this insistent to get inside, um, probably not having a good time at home. Go ahead and let that dog in, uh, especially if you pet them for a couple seconds and they're very appreciative. You should go yeah. ahead and take care of that dog at least for the night. Uh, yeah. but as she looks up, she keeps seeing military aircraft fly by, and she tries to bring Mercy back to the Adlers, but he decides, nope, that's the last place I'm going. I'm leaving, and sadly, we never see Mercy again. <laughs> that's that's just it for Mercy. No, head cannon. Uh, Mercy lived a full life. Yeah, he did. You know, he would be dead in present time, uh, in dog years, yeah. unless he's the oldest dog of all time. Yeah, right. Um, but, like, I mean, maybe dogs are immune. You know, maybe they only found out how to live in humans, right? Like, yeah, you know, maybe. Maybe. has it been confirmed that it's in any animals or anything? I don't no, I don't think so. I don't think so. So, yeah. Mercy's fine. Mercy's fine. She lived a full yeah. life. Mercy's but, fine. Uh, <laughs> anywho, Sarah walks into the Adlers to find Danny sitting against a kitchen wall with blood pouring out of his neck. And oh. she sees Nana sucking the life out of Connie. And uh, Nana, with her tendrils pouring out of her mouth, uh, sees Sarah and just stares at her for a few seconds before bolting at her. And Sarah's like... I should have stayed inside. And uh, just then, thankfully, Joel and Tommy are pulling up. And Joel urges Sarah, you know, get in the truck. Mm. Get in the truck. Uh, 
And she's like, the Adlers. And Nana runs outside, trips on the doorstep, and they watch in awe as she crawls. And Joel has to strike her in the head with a pipe wrench. Sarah's like, holy shit, you killed her. Joel's like, all right, it's going to be okay. It's not just the Adlers. We have to go. And uh, a transformer. For this scene on is why Nico Parker is actually getting Mm. my performance not for this episode. From this point on is why Pedro Pascal. I know. And it was hard. It was hard. I was like, man, it's either Pedro Pascal or Nico. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. You know, it's who, which one am I going to choose? But she, like Joel goes to work for a lot. And we're just with her like at mm-hmm. the beginning for a long time. And you're no, just getting, sure. getting to like her, getting to like her. But then whenever she goes into the Adler's house, the camera like on her face, the tears like in her eyes, her, her like breathing, starting to breathe heavily, like her just starting to get anxious. Like that was just crazy. Just starting mm-hmm. here. And then like. Her in the car, like, oh, dude, I just she got, got she got it from her mama, bro. She mm-hmm. got it from her mama, Thandiway Newton of Westworld fame, Maeve. That's her mom in real life. Uh, you did not. That did not just happen. Yeah. This is Maeve's daughter in real life. Yep. Okay, I shouldn't call her Maeve in real life. No, yeah, um, Thandiway Newton. Yeah, but wow, that's even better. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. HBO man, they keep it in the family for sure. Uh, was this the girl that was in Westworld too as Maeve? No, or that was just a so. okay. That was a different girl, but still <laughs> talented okay. actress here apparently because oh, she yeah. killed this first episode, uh, and I'm sure she has a bright career ahead of her after this mm. specifically. Uh, but yeah, she's like, uh, he's like, get in the fucking car. Tommy runs over and <laughs> and infected Connie hits her and before they got in the car denise had ran outside the neighbor across the street and i love joel going get back inside your fucking house denise and stay there lock the doors and uh <laughs> yep and denise okay. tries to go out there and help but uh you know danny attacks her and that's it um sorry yeah. r.i.p denise and while driving uh to an alternate highway they pass multiple police officers and this is where my favorite scene begins mm. uh the drive this this shit in the car was insane yeah uh, and apparently like shot for shot perfectly from the video game hmm. uh, i was wondering how they actually shot this in the show though because like the way it like turns it was like you could kind of tell the driving was fake sometimes and like the outside was being tracked. Like, you know, it was, it was, they weren't really in the truck, but like other times they were like really in a truck. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like it, like there were some shots where it was undeniable. They were driving. Yeah, you are like, car, right? and like, yeah. sometimes I just like, couldn't tell the difference. It was just like, done no, it was very well. Yeah. Exquisitely well done. And another thing that's important about this scene for me is that Joel and Tommy both have military experience. Um, yeah, the bumper sticker. I forgot about that. It did say that he was a he survived a desert storm. Uh, hmm, I think was okay. it desert storm. I think it was. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. He knows. Oh, it wasn't like a not... Marines. It wasn't like a. I think it might have been a Marine. I think I, for some reason, desert storm was on it in my head. I don't know why, but regardless, hmm. these two have military experience. He knows it's not just the Adlers. We have to get the fuck out of this city before the military bombs us Mm. like it's not just we have to get out of here to not be infected we have to leave or we will be bombed uh 
and that's that's intense uh because Sarah's in the back seat worried about something else completely, you know, like Joel, Joel and Tommy are up front, like, all right, what's the quickest way out of the fucking city? How the fuck can we get out of here? Um, they pull up, they see that giant thing of the military and they're like, Oh God, head east. Like, let's go or south mm-hmm. or wherever the fuck. And he's like, just go to Mexico or something. I don't know. Uh, this whole thing was fucking crazy. Uh, the farm in flames and Joel, convinces tommy to not stop for a family with kids and he's like they have a kid and he's like so do we keep going uh man big character moment for joel letting us know what what kind of guy he is uh I, good dad. that's that dad the, potentially not a good man that's the thing in this situation i like i i asked myself like i'm like what do i do in this situation you know, like, obviously, I don't know the extent that it's going to cause a global pan. You know, everything's about to change. I don't know. But, like, I don't know. that Everything's blowing up. Everyone's infected. You have no idea who's sick. They do have it. I don't know. That's the thing is, like, it does seem very immoral just to leave him and let him go. But, like. Oh, if you're in that situation, you almost have no choice. I like, don't think. He even rationalizes it to himself. Someone else will come along. We're not the and only he, ones who are driving this way, you know. Like he knows, he knows even they will make the same decision that he's mm-hmm. going to make. You know, it's like yeah. him saying that is just to comfort himself. So like oh, sure. he, he knows he's doing the immoral thing, but it's right for his family. No, know? yeah, Which that's, why, like, I'm saying, ah, that's why I'm. That's why I say ah. like it's it's important to make the distinction that he's a good dad, potentially mm-hmm. not a good man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, willing that, to make the tough decision, uh, but. Regardless, Tommy continues to race toward town and is suddenly astonished to see three jets flying very low over them. And uh, his path is blocked by law enforcement vehicles. So Tommy decides to detour through some alleyways, which is tons of people panicked and infected. And Tommy feels uneasy about following Joel's suggestion to drive through them. Just go ahead. They're dead anyway. Um. And as a, a large crowd runs out of a theater in front of them, they're like, all right, dr- drive back, drive back, drive back. And Sarah notices that there is a airplane that is definitely going to crash on the road. So they're in. Uh, they have to stop. Not in time. The debris hits them and they're all passed out for at least a couple seconds. And while the truck is totaled, mm. Sarah sees infected nearby. Joel grabs Sarah whose ankle is injured and exits the trunk with Tommy on the other side. He's like, you, when a law enforcement pulls up and just destroys the car. You know, and I was, this little separation that they had, um, I'm assuming it just had to happen, you know, like they had to separate for the story, whatever. And like, I was like, like, and, uh, and it was just actually like a, not sort of cheesy, just in, in chaos, they happen to get separated. And that, that's just how it happened. You know, like, um it was like, very di- like there are a lot of things about this that in not in a bad way are very video gamey this is very yeah. video game yeah oh yeah you know? oh yeah like, the level or- like literally him like holding her turning like that it's like a cut scene and then it's like get her out of here joel and it's like now you're playing as joel carrying her through there you know like it was yeah, like right. perfect out of a video game but yeah, i freaking I was that. sat down in in lecture one of my classes um we t- they talked about this scene of the airplane crashing 
And they were like, don't worry, we're not going to spoil anything. It's in the trailer of this airplane crashing. We just want to let you know why it crashed or why it might have crashed because it does make sense. Um, and I was legitimate, like, we legitimately, my teacher changed what we learned that day just because of The Last of Us. And <laughs> and it's crazy. Like, now every single t- time a plane or anything is in a movie, I'm thinking about all of the just the math behind it. I mean, it is my degree, I guess, you know, so it's fair. But, like, now that I specifically was taught of it in a show that I was watching, every mm. time a plane has caught, like, even in Bad Batch, like, watch it today, I was, like, just thinking of it. Like, it's sad. It's sad now that I freaking, this this beautiful drive scene, now I can only think of the math and, and why this plane crashed, and it actually makes scientific sense and the long story short bunch of planes take off at once all of that air that's behind the planes it's still just spinning violently it, you don't see it just because it's air but it's still just going just because mm. a massive airplane just went through it and they just sent like six you know at the same time so like it's like 20 minutes or not 20 minutes but like you have to wait like 20 minutes or so before you can like take off safely behind another plane and they were just shooting them you know so it's like Eventually, behind the line, one of them's just gonna get caught in that wash and just boom and go gotcha. down. And that's like the so it's like it's either that they were legit pilots getting people out, so they actually had the training to fly, or people are just hijacking these planes and an idiot just tried to fly a plane and crashed it because they didn't know how to fly a plane. But right. like, who know? You know, that's that's what my teacher said. He's like, obviously, I'm not gonna tell you that that's what happened in the show because there's an apocalypse happening. And I can't tell you that every could person literally on that be an infected, um, broke into the fucking so, cockpit yeah. and sucked the neck exactly. of a fucking pilot. You um, know, like uh, anyway, all of this long blah 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 is like the opening. Everything is like going back to the opening of the show, the science in '63. They mm-hmm. were like, they're like, oh, this new thing, the airplane. If people got into it, then a uh, it, it like the panic for a global pandemic arose because of planes and because of like worldwide travel made easy mm. that is why a global pandemic became like possible as fast as it could become po- you know it could become p- possible quicker and you see ellie or not ellie sarah in the car she's like what if it's everywhere that's what yeah. she asks and instantly that's when it cuts up to the plane yeah. and then it crashes down and it's like it's like it's just we know Everything we need to do right now to prevent like this from happening, but we won't do it because it just, I don't know. It's like, it's so far out there. It's so far out there and it's so much of an inconvenience. Like it's, it's, it's not going to happen in people's minds and it's like, we don't need to. Um, But when we get to episode three, at least that's, I I think I'm like kind of thinking about becoming a prepper a little bit. Oh, I will. Sure. Like, oh, like, yo, I need to train. Mm hmm. Like, like, what if this up? shit does go down? And I am, if I am in the state I am right now, I'm fucked. Like, no, I, I don't I, know. Like, I need to d- just get some knowledge of surviving. Like, I need to know how to survive. Out, mm. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I, I sure as shit could not uh, at, this, at this point. That's for sure. Yeah, no. But uh, they, uh, they go ahead and split up at that point. And since Sarah can't run, Joel is carrying her through the burning town, stumbling upon. A group of infected and one of them notices Joel and decides to chase decides to chase him into a diner and uh, the runner 
this part's kind of funny. I think anytime someone like runs completely out of control and just runs through shit is so goddamn funny to me. Uh, I mean, he he ran into those racks or whatever. Oh, like, buddy. oh my god, no that sense, had to no hurt, man. Being like, just tossing man, himself into yeah, shit. It is so stunt, funny to me. Man, goddamn. Um, unexpectedly, goes- though, they find themselves outside the diner, and this guy, this this infected, gets shot. And Joel tries to convince the soldier here, you know, we're not sick. And the soldier's like, uh, all right, all right. And he talks to somebody. Yeah, I've got two here who say they're not infected. No. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he puts the calm down and raises the gun back up. And th- again, this part of the episode, the I way know. Pedro Pascal is looking at this guy is what makes me go, oh, oh. my God. Because he knows, again, the military. He's a military man. He knows exactly like, what they're he doing. He just got told has to kill us. And I know he did. I understand why. But goddamn, not me, not now. You know, like, yeah. uh, yep. and he's only grazed ah. Only grazed by a bullet, and I think I think grazed by a bullet on his head. Um, oh, is that the scar that they talk about later? That scar, I think, I think, because he's bleeding okay. from his head. Yeah. And, um, but he okay. also fell quite a ways. Um, so I don't know. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, he's almost shot by the apologetic soldier who comes up and he's like, "I'm sorry." And Tommy manages to find them and kills him and saves Joel. Uh, but they quickly shift their attention towards Sarah, who has been shot in the stomach and is hyperventilating, going into shock. And Joel attempts to move her, but to no success. Uh, this this line is my favorite because of the performance Pedro Pascal puts on. It's not the line itself. Not because you like... It, yeah, I, I get you. You don't yeah, like I to hear it. Like line. Yeah, you don't like to hear it's it. More but... the delivery of it yeah. that was insane to me. Like it's what's making me cry. You know, like I already care about Sarah and I really want her to be okay and stuff. But if if Pedro Pascal isn't going, no, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. Tommy, help me! Like, oh my god, dude, I fell apart i am sobbing at this point and the way he like holds her and rocks her back and forth like oh my fucking god it wrecked me and he he screams for tommy to help and tommy just goes joel like yeah he knew like they and joel knows too it's just he oh yeah for sure pure denial like he doesn't want to believe it obviously no yeah it's his daughter like oh my god i'm gonna move you honey i gotta move you she's like (laughs) and he's like no i know i know i know i know i know no 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 i know i know like oh my god i remember it wrecked me i showed this to emily right Mm. because i Uh watched the first episode and was like this show's too fucking good i'm gonna be watching it on sunday nights there's no way you can convince me otherwise emily you need to watch this Mm -hmm. Uh, we got to this part she looked at me she went fuck you she went, fuck you. I Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. had to turn it off. Like, I had to turn it off. She was like, I'm not doing this. I won't go through this. And I was like, that is she fair. Didn't, she, she didn't continue didn't, on? She didn't continue. Oh. Um, I was like, you made a mistake, but I understand, soldier. Oh, um, if she only got to episode three. I know, well, and that's the thing. Know, it's like, like, she's like, I know a show is good whenever I'm not watching it, and it's all that I see uh, on my social media. Like, it's and, not an algorithm thing at that point. That's true. Yeah. You know? 
Like it's just that good that that many people are talking That's about fair. it. So she, this most recent episode and its reception, she's intrigued again. She thinks she wants to get back into it. And I'm That's like, good. yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> because this episode was so fucking good. Um, but oh, yeah, man. yeah, that, that cut to black. And then like, I remember I got the remote and I'm like, just to see how much time has passed. And I'm like an hour left. And I'm yeah, like, like, what the fuck? So the episode is just now starting. Like that was just basically the, that was, the a, that was a opening. prologue. You know, that like, yeah, that prologue. what? And I'm like, no, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm already I like, I mean, I understand her reaction because like, and when I looked at the time, I'm like, no way I'm already crying at this amount of time, you know, like what is about to happen moving forward mm. um, is all I could think. And yeah, I mean, it was just, I, I know I said that the opening was my favorite scene as in like the, the old, you know, talk show opening, but, like as far as this opening, the grand opening, like, man, I, it, that might, I'm trying to think of a better, like season, like, I guess like Game of Thrones season one, episode one does kick off pretty well, you know, sets up a lot of stories, but like, is it, doesn't even hit even as close to this like even just no, that opening i didn't cry when brand got pushed out of the tower exactly you know yeah saying? it was just like a oh shit it yeah, was like it was... okay well now i gotta watch next you know yeah. it wasn't like i was like oh no my boy brand no like i'm feeling that when mm. i'm watching sarah die you know and that's that's half the time that's half mm. the time it took to getting brand falling and game of thrones premiere you know what i'm saying like it's nuts it's just nuts but that does end the little prologue there so we're 20 years later and uh there's a young child who's we, we we focus in on the on the shoes quite a bit for good reason here in a moment uh who's no. you know walking real mindlessly across a bunch of uh ravaged boston uh, that was quite the thing to see too 20 years later boston massachusetts i was like yo Boston. That's not the Boston I know. <laughs> no, it is not. I don't. I hardly know Boston, and I know that's not it. Yeah, uh, we were in Texas. Yeah, it was interesting. Just to, I had no well, idea that the show took place wherever. I don't know. But. The lingering. How'd you get to Boston? Pass. What? What about you and Tess? Pass. Uh, Ellie asks Joel a couple of questions about how he yeah. gets to Boston. What's going on there? So. There's 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 something interesting oh, there. Oh, I guess I yeah. He went from Texas to Boston, and yeah. they were together for a while. So like, it had to be quick that he went there. Yeah, it's not something. close. Uh, it's not close by any means to Texas. So like, I'm interested no. if we keep getting these sorts of flashbacks and uh, like this the bottle episode in episode three, the way it covered a ton of time. I'd be willing to bet that's not the only type of episode like that we get. Um. Where we oh. do, maybe we get an entire episode set where it's like him on his way to Boston or some shit like that. Um, I, yeah, that, that is a lot of time in between that I didn't even think of. Okay. Yeah. She's Ooh. from Detroit. He's from Texas. Like how'd they both end up in Boston? Like, yeah, I what? don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. But, uh, nevertheless, he collapses right outside the quarantine zone and he is rolled into a room. Where infographics regarding the cordyceps infection are posted on the wall. We see a little bit there about if you're bit in a certain place, it's a couple hours. If you're bit in a certain place, it's a couple weeks. So on and so forth. But uh, yeah, if you're bitten in the neck, um, sorry, minutes. Uh, you, <laughs> you are. You don't, you don't got. You don't got long. But I don't know. It's man. It's just like it didn't. I guess really click 
of how the in the baked goods that it spread you know like that like that really just hit like it was just one morning that it was in everybody's food and if you ate it you you got sick and that was that you know like I, i guess it was just it's that fast that it was it started got into the friday started friday everything was gone by monday wow like oh my god insane but uh poor kid yeah yeah, soldier approaches the kid scans his neck and even before like as i know the color red usually means bad but even then when the girl was like uh the chick was like we're gonna get you some food we're gonna get you some toys are you excited you ready and he's like yep you're gonna get all better soon i was like this kid's gonna fucking die Um, i didn't i thought you know for a second when it hit red and i saw her you know i'm like okay i don't know that the you know maybe that means negative you know like negative um and i'm like okay yeah like maybe this maybe boston is like a good maybe this is like a safe haven somewhere you know and yeah no. no. Um, yeah, this kid uh no. she what's sad about this is that this means this is not the first time she's had to do something. Like oh, this. she's done this many many yeah. many times. It's this been poor kid. Who knows where the fuck he came from? He wasn't in a QZ. He's just been out. Like where the fuck did this child come from, you know? Like that's <sighs> I'm so excited to explore the like the way the next episode gets into like the raiders and the the people who exist outside that are not smugglers yeah they say they get it from smugglers the chicken you know or whatever like later so like like, there's yeah there are slavers like it's an apocalypse oh okay true yeah Ooh, like who knows what's going on out there that's the shit i'm like yo because you know zombie stories are cool and all but they're a little tired we've seen a lot of them there's only so much you can do with them uh the they, Walking Dead already exists. Yeah. So like they have a lot of stuff they could go on. And The Walking Dead dives into raiders and slavers and reapers and ravers. You know, like that's that is something that exists in that show. Uh so I'm hoping this will act on the same sort of thing, just in a new way. You know, you got Fedra, you've got a governing body mm. that could hunt them down and stuff. Like that could be cool too. But anyway. Uh, after this, Joel and among other QZ residents are burning previously infected deceased bodies and a truck arrives with more bodies to burn. And Joel and a woman moved unloaded, finding that child's body in a truck. And the woman goes, Joel, that I, I can't do this one. And Joel does it himself. We zoom in on the kid's shoes again to let us know it's that kid. And uh, and that's that. He yeah. talked on the fire and he blank face unfeeling. I was like, man, this guy's been through it. That's what you uh, got to You have lot. to burn them, though. <laughs> like, to stop the spread, you have to mm-hmm. burn them. And it's just like, what else do you do with that many dead bodies, too? It's like, oh, yeah. like, everything they're doing, it's like, oh, but it makes sense. It's like, it's horrible, but it like, oh, it makes sense. Like, it's what you would have to do, you know? It's like, God, that's just what makes it so much worse while watching. It's just like, it's so devastating. Everything really is. and this is just one of this is one of many jobs. You know, he's getting paid to do this. He accepts payment from uh whoever whoever the foreman is. And Joel's like, All right, any other jobs today? And he's like, Yep, you can street sweep or you can do sewer maintenance. He goes, Which one pays more? That'd be the one with the shit. Um Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um I it man, like yeah, no set jobs. That makes sense, you know. There wouldn't be you don't go to no. an office. <laughs> you don't you don't 
do anything normally. It's just whatever needs to be done. And man, Joel, he's a working man. He's he worked a double when the world was. Yeah, yeah, when the world was fine. Fellow, right there. Yeah, he does. Um, He does his shit, you know. But uh, yeah, the Boston QZ appears to be a functioning society under a fascist regime by uh, by Fedra. Uh, where the soldiers impose a strict curfew and rooftops are constantly manned with snipers and workers paint over graffiti resembling a firefly. That's another thing we notice. Uh, and Joel walks into an audience witnessing a public execution uh, where they're all being hanged for attempting to leave without permission, which is basically all you need to know that this place is a fascist society. It uh, is reset. You know, the I think all I think all you really need is like everyone out there is already fucked. I think you can go. Yeah, you can leave if you want to. Just know you can't come back. That's that's the rule. You know, mm. you don't have to, you know, kill them before they leave. Uh, you've lost. You have no chance of taking over the world again. I promise. Oh, I guess that's right. So they've left and they just caught them leaving. Mm-hmm. And that's what got them. Yeah. Oh, OK. So I guess it's like. Oh, OK. Because I, I guess I thought it was they left and they got caught coming back. And then mm. that's what, like, you know. Maybe it, was. Maybe it was. But, but uh, no, that's probably because, no, they had people out on the roads mm-hmm. with. Oh, no, they definitely just caught them and then killed. Wow. Yeah, that's even that's I mean, it's already fascist. I already hated it. I wasn't trying to defend it at no, all. Right, right, right. Um, the the yeah, thing like, I have in my notes for it is that, like, it's it's just the same as, like. King Joffrey saying you were sentenced to die by, um, you know, the, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they say the same thing. It's like you were sentenced to death by Fedra Article 1, Section 15. It's like it's the same thing in different words. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yep. um, oh, man, it's the just, name of King Joffrey. Yeah, no, I get the you. king of the realm, the prote- or protector, protector, you know, it's like it's the, the same. Shit. It's just handles and the first man. Yeah. It's just futurized, you know, and because uh, yep. why else do you publicly execute? You know, like do you if, to execute in the first place? That's already, already like a debate, lot. you know. That's already a debate in in itself. To do it publicly is like it's letting okay. everyone. It's letting everyone okay. know you do this, and this is what happens. Like this, yeah. is, that's legit. What this is, uh, and like uh bill in the next episode and that argument with frank where he's like and the government are all nazis the government are all nazis like well yeah, yeah now it's like you know like <laughs> I, oh man i can't wait to get there they have so many great gestapo uh, type shit up in uh, the up in Fedra. <laughs> but uh yeah the uh the soldier a soldier calls joel aside and they go and meet where uh joel uh, is given a considerable sum of ration cards it's like you get to eat and uh joel counts it and claims you know you're five you're five short and lacking the money lee gives him a pack of cigs and uh in exchange joel goes ahead and deals the drugs he gives him some hydros and uh joel asks about the status of a vehicle he wants and lee's like uh yeah i've convinced everyone that it's necessary for uh for the acquisition so it should be cool and lee's like i want 600 or Lee's like, yeah, I want 600 for myself and my four accomplices. And Joel's like, uh, no, no, probably not. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get that price down. Uh, but uh, Lee warns him to stay off the streets due to a, a increase in violent opposition from the Fireflies and sleep-deprived Federal soldiers. It's just easier to be off the road. <laughs> if you are on the road, you might die. 
I love how they were like both making threats at each other, mm-hmm. like the whole time. Like Joel was winning the whole time. Oh. You know, he was like coming back, and Joel was like shutting him down. But like this one was kind of like the guy was like, "Hey, you out there? We might make a mistake. I might shoot you, dude." And it's yeah. like, uh, I don't know. I just realized Fedra is like Hydra and Fed put together. Mm-hmm. It's like literally fuck the Fed and fuck Hydra. Like Hydra. It's like yeah, wow. Fedra. It's like perfect. Well, it sounds um, it sounds fascist as fuck. It's like the yeah. Federal Emergency uh, <laughs> Department Response Agency or something like that. Like, uh, yeah, that's some that's some Fed shit. Just Fed. Yeah. I mean, it's in the name, Fed. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, this is a yeah Feds for sure. One of them gets beaten to death, and it's not Joel. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. But uh, <laughs> elsewhere in Boston, Tess is being held in the basement by a guy named Robert and his men. And Robert's like, dude, I am so sorry for ripping you off. Uh, I sold that car battery you wanted, and I'm so sorry. And Tess is like, dude, I seriously get it. I've done shit like that. I've done far worse. So was Joel. We'll be fine. Just go ahead and let me go, and everything will be okay. And uh, Robert's like, I don't know, man. What happens if if he finds out? And we, it's the unknown he at this point mm-hmm. they don't drop joel's name but this shit right here joel's not even in this scene and it's why joel's my favorite character of the episode because oh yeah, oh, yeah. people are afraid of joel you know joel is a bad motherfucker you do not want to fuck with joel mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> him being like yeah man uh i don't know what if he finds out and uh she's like it'll be fine he answers to me uh, I'll tell him to leave you alone. And uh, Robert's like, all right. Sure. Explosion. Uh, the dudes, her henchmen, his henchmen are killed. Uh, and it allows Tess to go ahead and get the fuck out of there. But she she emerges on a street, uh, blaring alarms. There's a, there's a firefly fight going on with Fedra mm. right now. And she surrenders and is detained by, by Fedra. But... Uh, Meanwhile, a young girl is chained to the wall in a room, and a medic walks in, attempting to give the girl a tray of food, which she politely kicks away. And uh, a woman asks her to perform a series of specific actions to which the girl, calling herself Veronica at this time, for whatever reason, impudently complies, you know, does things before she's asked to. And it's like, yep, I get the routine. I've done this so many times before. And again, the Firefly slogan is painted onto the wall indicating that the fireflies are the ones who possess this uh this child and that's uh isn't that the title of the episode when you're lost in the darkness look to the light or something like that when you're lost in the darkness and that's it and then Ah. the last episode episode nine is look for the light um so Ah, it it like bookends the the sandwich yeah firefly sandwich that's which is pretty pretty sick because you know you're you're given the the fireflies is they're the terrorists. They're the guys that are just sniping and kill. You know, at, at the beginning, that's the revolution. Um, and and yeah, and then you get the you know like the view of being in Fedra school. Like I I wonder if we'll actually get like what Fedra school. Yeah, I don't it know. Man. Looks I'm like you know like this yeah, whole it's fucking crazy. show's world building is incredible. Mm. Like it's it's really good. But uh, next up, Joel is visiting Abe, who is working a radio caller, and uh, Joel gives him his, the cigarettes and. Abe's like, yeah, I haven't heard from Tommy in a while, and even with uh, Gabriella and his elder son looking. And Joel sent uh, Tommy a message three weeks ago, and is insistent that it has never taken him that long to respond. Never more than a day, he said. Yeah, never more than a day, which is dangerous. 
But Joel presses for the location of Tommy's tower, and the man says it's in Wyoming. And the man admits Joel is capable of handling himself. He's like, I know you're a bad motherfucker, man, but that's a hard journey to make. Uh, there's a ton of infected, raiders, slavers, and worse things he hears on the radio. And the man begins marking the location on Joel's map when Joel's like, yep, all right, thank you, bye. Good for nothing piece of shit is kind of his attitude. Um, mm-hmm. Joel goes ahead, enters his apartment, shifts a dresser, and uncovers a hidden stash. By removing some wooden floor tile, he takes out a map, studies it for a while, takes a nice little drink, takes some of those hydros. Dangerous combo, but I guess you got nothing to live for anymore, so you just go ahead and do that shit. Whoa, um, that was that was rough, you know? I mean, yeah, you're... that's... I mean, I don't know, because... Nothing happened to him immediately before then, right? To like make him oh well, oh he just knows that Tommy's maybe it's just like a last sort of like I know I'm about to go on this long journey, so let me just get some rest and this is how I'm gonna put myself to sleep. But I guess I was kind of thinking that like it was this is how he gets to sleep. Like this is this is a, he's a drug like dealer, you know, he at least sold to this guy, at least, you know, and no, this is I don't know. This is routine for Joel. This is not yeah. a new thing. Uh, this is this is how he goes to bed. Uh, and it's it's revealed here that he still wears the watch that Sarah had fixed for him, and he dozes off, but is abruptly awakened by a nightmare. And uh, that's when Tess enters and joins him in the bed, giving, giving him a little spoonage. And I was like, yeah, me. <laughs> like that meme that's like, he's just like me. He's just like me for real. That's, uh, that's, me, that's me to Pedro Pascal in this scene, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pedro. yeah this i don't know it, and it was nice because th- like that was the confirmation that the guy is joel was like yeah, her coming yeah. back in like just being there and i was like oh. you know i mean like yeah, i know it's bit. joel you know like i know it's joel but i'm like okay sick like knowing that like th- i had I no idea know. i had no oh, idea really came, yeah i was i was clueless oh. i was like uh i was like oh i wonder who this bad motherfucker is and then it was joel and i was like oh pimp uh Uh, maybe i got the idea because maybe it was like they focused on joel right before it switched to the the scene before something and they're like your guy i think maybe it was just in my head and i just kind of maybe naively assumed that it was joel right Um, right but but yeah anywho in the morning he's like oh shit look at you you got your ass beat what the fuck happened there she's like i got jumped and joel's like well i'm gonna go kill him motherfucker how's that and tess is like nah you can't go all clint eastwood on this they'll go ahead and bounce we need that car battery we can't have that happen and joel's like ah i'm worried about tommy boo what if uh Hmm. i think we need to get out of here and uh tess is like yep let's get the battery and the money and she's like you need to calm down though let's hash out a plan Mm -hmm. to figure this out that's my favorite line of the episode actually just comes from oh. there. Um, just specifically, if I have to do like, it's long. She says a long, it's like just getting him to calm down. And she just specifically says like, I need you to take a breath. You know, she like specifically gets him mm. to calm down. Uh, she's like making up, yeah, telling him don't go all Clint Eastwood or whatever. But like the line specifically, if I have to choose one, it would just be like, I need you to take a breath. It just sums up the um, whole thing. Yeah. Just everything. You know, it's, it's her. Um, knowing exactly what he would do, you know, she, she knew before she even started to say, she's like, Hey, Joel, need you to sit down, take a breath. Um, but you know, I'm just about to tell you something like she, she knows and she's keeping him in check and she's not lying about him. And like 
Joel answers to her. Well, and furthermore, I don't think it's so much that he listens to whatever she says. It's that he cares about her enough to yeah, hear what she has to say. Less so than being like, you know what? You make the calls around here, honey. No, it's like, it's like, you, you know, know me enough. You know, you know me better than I know myself sort of shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I need more than I know what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, but a woman walks into a Firefly meeting where she is quickly pressed on the reason behind attacking Fedra. And the woman tells her, you know, follow orders. And uh, her name is revealed to be Marlene, actually played by the same woman who plays her in the video game, which is cool. Whoa. Uh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Nice little crossover there. And she reiterates uh, to the questioner, Kim Timbo that the Firefly's goal is to restore democracy and freedom by waging war against Fedra, which is when you're like, cool, so the Fireflies are who I'm rooting for. Mm-hmm. Um, you already knew you probably were, but this was a nice little confirmation. Yeah, hopefully not Fedra. You know, that was the, yeah. that was at least, just hopefully I'm not rooting for them. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, she says the Fireflies have been fighting for 20 years and have gained no ground, and she reveals a new plan to distract Fedra while the Fireflies rendezvous at a specific building and leave Boston forever. And Kim asks, you know, why are we quitting? And Marlene's like, well, we're going to smuggle Veronica out west. Marlene shows Kim a note containing a shocking message, and they come to an agreement. We don't know what the message is. Uh, it's just, it's that this chicken. Like, is that, yeah, like, but that's the thing is that they, apparently this is a common thing. Uh, getting someone out to this QZ for the promised vaccine. It's been, a, it, we've heard this a thousand times. Is what, like, Joel, we never, you know, and it's like. Well, that's what I think the testing that they do to Ellie is for. I bet she's lasted a hell of a lot longer than anyone they thought was immune is last. Oh, and that's like a uh, test. Okay. It's to see if she's, if she's giving in. Uh, oh my God. In Fedra, they take in kids if they're, if they're, you know, positive, kill them instantly. What they, pro- what the firefighters yeah. probably do, like if they have anyone that's infected, is they probably try and like Smuggle get as in. much, I don't know, or as much like science or anything yeah. as you can out of them or like try to comfort them. I don't know. Yeah, it um, seems to me that Fedra ignores everything they possibly can about it, uh, given what Ellie tells Joel. You know, I go to Fedra school. They don't exactly teach us how their mm. government didn't prevent the pandemic that killed us uh, all, you know? Like, yeah. I think they're just kind of like okay. cool ruling over what's left. They're not really they're not really worried about fixing anything. That's fair. It's like, we run the world now, you know? Like, and that's... They run their little part of the world they don't run the world um but uh mm-hmm. as joel watches Tess negotiates ration cards for intel on robert's whereabouts and a man tells joel that he looks a little lost likely trying to gauge joel's reaction to the phrase and assess if he is a member of the fireflies or sympathetic to their cause and joel's like you know what i'll fucking kill you all right Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, if you tell me to if you tell me to look for the light i swear to god all what like i'll yeah. something like oh my god the light and i was like damn joel i'm Where like oh. if you told me to look for the light yeah like, oh and goddamn pedro pascal's voice i'll just never get tired of it i'll just but never like get tired of it that's the thing though is that like they really made this firefly because this guy was a firefly right they really made him seem just like a spreading the word of gospel but like that's not mm-hmm. how i don't i don't feel like that's how you would do it for a rebellion like to spread a rebellion you wouldn't go up to someone and be like Hey, like, 
you really heard about this cool concept called rebellion? Like, I don't, th- I don't know. You don't really talk like that. Like, I don't, I feel like you wouldn't, it'd be more of like, talk, I think you talk like that to people who you think could be sympathetic. I don't think you just talk to random people like that. I think he knows Joel doesn't like Fedra and he's like, Hey man, you know, mm, you look okay. for the light, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's true. Okay. I tell yeah. me I look for the light and I swear to God. Uh, hey, you, He's really just a... That's a jaded man right there. He yeah. is jaded. Yeah, he is. But, uh, Tess claims Robert has taken the battery to a red-tagged building formerly used by a man named Miguel. And she suggests that they go through the subway tunnel that night and enter the building from below, taking him by surprise. But next up, we see Veronica attempting to break the chains when rainwater drips from the ceiling onto her face, to which she responds... Negative. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Something along the lines. Yeah, yeah. that was good. <laughs> I love, I love a good Ellie f bomb. She is yeah. good at dro- like Bella Ramsey. Mm-hmm. They're fucking killing the f bombs. They're really good at it. But uh, Marlene then enters and and hands Veronica's backpack to her and sitting next to her, she, uh, you know, she's very clearly upset. Despite Marlene reminding her, you know, I saved your life. And Veronica allows Marlene to unlock her chains. And Veronica asks, you know, if it's gonna happen. And Marlene's like, no. And then she then asks to leave, to which Marlene goes, no. Marlene reveals that she knows Veronica's real name is Ellie and that Marlene is responsible for Ellie's placement in Fedra Military School immediately after her birth. What, are you it's... my mom or something? Do, do, I, do I look, look like, like your mom? mom? I love that. That was like, I almost chose that for my line. Um, Just because it was, I don't know, it was actually just funny. Like in the shows, funny, cute, like... Kind of a cute moment between. I have no idea what the relationship is actually, no, right? Um, and which is very interesting. But captives and captee. Yeah, I really liked how she just kind of got on her level. Um, sat down. Was like, you know what? Take your handcuffs off. I'm going to speak to you like yeah, a right. human now. Um, and it, it was it was it was a nice moment. But I, I liked the the test line too, a little too much more. Mm. But, but yeah. yeah, nevertheless. Uh... You know, the tone becomes a little bit grimmer when Marlene's like, yeah, we're going to leave. And Ellie's like, why do I have to be smuggled? And she's like, you serve a greater purpose uh, and tells her a secret. She says can never be revealed. Uh, But therein, Joel and Tess enter the Haymarket North Extension and begin to traverse the tunnel. Tess is quite frightened by a deceased infected whose fungus has grown into the walls. Very brutal imagery that was super fucking cool. Yuck. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Joel's like, you know, uh, whatever infected him could still be here. And Tess is like, ah, we'll figure it out. Joel's like, you smell that? They're like, yep, gunpowder. Love that. It's like fresh then, you know, like someone just got shot. Uh, Blood pours out from under the door. Upon opening, they find a group of recently killed fireflies, as well as the battery, which Tess deems broken. And turning a corner, Joel raises his gun and sneaks up to Marlene and Kim, both of whom have been shot. And uh, all of a sudden, Ellie jumps out of her room, attempting to stab Joel. Hell of a meet-cute there. And uh, Marlene and Kim turn around, surprised to see him. They're like, Joel? What the fuck, man? And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm going to hold this gun on this little girl for a while until you explain to me what the fuck's going on. And uh, as the women lower their weapons, Joel's like, all right, all right, interesting. Let's see what uh, see what we can figure out here. And she propositions Joel to smuggle her, to which Kim... Ellie and Joel are all like, no. Uh, 
Marlene's like, uh, you know, I will offer you a fully fueled truck, guns, mm. and supplies if you smuggle <laughs> Ellie to the state house. She was desperate, but for mm. a good reason, you know. And and they picked it up, you know, like she she's being very desperate. But um, I just realized that like if Tess doesn't chill Joel out and tell him to take a take a you know take a breath, he actually goes Clint Eastwood and does get this guy to bounce. They don't get this bad, you know. Not Joel doesn't find Ellie. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't go together. I, I'm assuming yeah. for the show. I have no idea if they make it to wherever West is. Yeah, did West, they, what, Wyoming. Wyoming. Wyoming is now the goal. Yeah, I'm assuming they make it there or damn close. You know, I'm hoping they make it there. Right. Um. But yeah, like none of that happens if if he just goes and kills this guy and. Whatever I don't know. It's it's actually nice that they took that little breather, did their own little investigation. I don't know that was kind of cool. They did like it was like a little detective. Like Tess was like she she got like some. They asked I don't know some street vendor. Or I don't know some guy something, and then it led them to the marking or I don't know. It was it was just really like a really cool Tess and Joel moment. No, yeah, um, I dig it. I dig it. But. Uh... They agree. Ellie's struggling, but they agree. And they uh, they reach Joel's apartment, and Ellie eavesdrops on uh, Joel and Tess as they discuss the contingency plan to head to Bill and Frank's town, as well as a plan for Tess to scout the area ahead of, ahead while Joel rests. Using the information, Ellie cracks a portion of a smuggling code given to Joel by who we come to know as Bill and Frank. We didn't know who it was by originally, but now we know. Uh hidden in his books, deduces that 60s music implies no new information, 70s implies uh, a new message, and uh, when she when Joel enters, she's like, what do the 80s mean? Joel's like, no, uh, shut the fuck up. And she's like, they were, there was some song that was playing, it was like, uh, wake, uh, wake me up before you go-go, and he's like, fuck, 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 you know, and uh, <laughs> she's like, ha I just figured it out. <laughs> uh, she's so, I don't know, that very smart, you know. She even yeah. though it's Fedra school, she's I don't know if it's Fedra. I, I don't want to get Fedra school the credit, but like uh, she's she's got her wits on her, you know. She's very yeah, she's very a, bright. And she's got she's got the shit figured out certainly. But mm-hmm. uh, after that, they go ahead and take a take a dip on out there. They leave and they emerge uh, from underground. And Ellie's like, "Holy shit, I'm outside!" And the fuck uh, up and get down! Oh yeah, my god, like, Jesus <laughs> Christ! There yeah. are fucking searchlights out here. And, uh, yep, they get caught ultimately by Lee, the, the formerly friendly soldier who bought <laughs> drugs from Joel pissing on a wall. And, uh, Joel's like, come on, man, we can figure this out. We can, we can do something here. Tess is like, come on now. He's like, nope, kneel with your hands behind your head. This is done. I'm not risking my whole fucking career, my life for this. This is it. Uh, and as he scans Ellie to see if she's infected, uh, she stabs him in the leg. Uh, Joel has to turn around and he sees him holding them at gunpoint. The same imagery, the flashlight under the gun flashing straight at them. It triggers his PTSD, paralleling with the death of Sarah. And as Lee advances, Joel goes ahead and tackles him to the ground and beats him into a pulp. Uh, absolutely obliterates him. And this is not only, I need to do this so that we live. This is, this is what I would have done if I knew what would happen. Yeah, I, I don't, 
And I was wondering if if it was I don't feel like he has it. It was just kind of triggering the memories and it got him to do like that's just what got him to do that. It's not him finally being like, ah, now I did the right thing. You know, no, like I don't no. it's definitely not like it's like he's not he's not fulfilled, you know, no, at not all. By any means. I don't it think it was so. just like what just, needed to be done. Like Yeah, it's what right, needed yeah. to be done, and I think it's also what he wishes he would have done then mm-hmm. or what he could have yeah. done then. Not necessarily that it made it any better, it's just something that he wishes he could have done to prevent yeah. what happened. And uh <sighs> But uh, Tess then picks up the scanner, which indicates that Ellie is infected. And Ellie's like, no, 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 Joel, no, no. Joel. Yeah. She's like, no. She's screaming. Yeah, oh, man. man. But uh, <laughs> she holds she holds her arm out. I was like, you see this shit? This is not, this is not, this is three weeks old. Nobody's ever lasted this long. This isn't, there's no way that this is a thing. They're like, all right, fine. Let's get going. Uh, Joel grabs Lee's assault rifle. They head on out. And meanwhile, in Joel's apartment, the radio begins to play. Never Let Me Down Again by Depeche Mode, released in 1987. And I like that they picked a song that is so incredibly 80s. Like, even if you have no idea what the song was, you're like, well, that's an 80s song. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I heard it, and I'm like, okay, this is the most 80s sounding song I've ever heard. It's just there's a possibility that it may have been released in the early 90s, possibly, or maybe like late, late 70s. And I'm like, no, this is just 80s. I'm like, yeah, trouble obviously we're in trouble but it's nice to know that the uh, the 70s mean new message um for the 70s song that plays later you know because mm-hmm. it would be a new message and then i would assume they would you know get a response and then when that response just doesn't come back they would go and check it out and then find the note and then so like that was probably i don't know that's the song that they would play on the radio would be a new message and that song specifically as well like i bet because joel kind of has a did did he have like a connection with that song too he fucked with linda ronstadt yeah uh, whatever it was that's just a coincidence maybe yeah maybe the show because ellie pops the tape in and he's like oh no 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 like it's funny that joel of all people would be like fuck yeah linda ronstadt are you kidding Mm. uh yeah i love how every episode's ended with just like a, I don't know, maybe episode two didn't actually. Now that I think about it, but episodes like one. I think and three, episode they, two kind of ends in like silence, like it's kind of like a whoop, whoop. Oh yeah, that's yeah. the end. Uh, but anywho, let's give this first episode a rating yeah. real quick. Let's let's yeah, make yeah. this nice and speedy. Uh, enjoyment wise, I'm at like a surefire ten. I was like, this is the best premiere I've watched in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm right there with you. Genre wise. Don't know how you can go not ten with the the level of suspense they were building, uh the uh, the post apocalyptic and pre apocalyptic kind of kind of vibes they were putting at us. Uh, it was kind of crazy. It was one of the better apocalypse episodes of TV I've ever watched in my life. Uh, not the best because it gets topped, but it's one of the best. Uh, and critically, this is where I'm like I can go down a little bit. Uh, not by a lot. It's still damn good. Very great contained story, giving us a direction for the season while also giving us full background knowledge of why our characters are the way they are. Um, it's pretty fucking good. Yeah, I guess here I'd be more at like, because that, I don't think it's a 10. I, I would no. know it's a 10 if it, if it was. I think it's like a 9. Yeah. 
eight seven five nine is where I was landing, but like eight sounded kind of rough. Yeah, it's nine. Not. It, it deserves yeah. a nine. It deserves a nine at least. So no, yeah, that... I'm with you. Okay, yeah, I don't. I don't know where our the the row or the column is there. It's just super small, and I can't get it. But I'll, I'll make a. I'll fix it in the sheet. But anyways, um, it would come out to a nine point six 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 basically. So ninety seven percent. It's a yeah, damn good episode of television. Damn good episode of television. It's not even the best. But let's get on to the second one, titled "Infected." This one is written by Craig Mazin and directed in his directorial debut by Neil Druckmann, the uh, creator of the video game. So cool that he gets to direct a, an episode of television now because of his game, which is awesome. But we start in Jakarta, where on September twenty fourth, two thousand three. A uh, mycologist, Ratna uh, Pertiwi, is uh, enjoying a nice little lunch at a cafe, and the authorities abruptly decide to pull her on out. They're like, yeah, you you know mycology, right? Let's get the fuck out of here. And if you are a professor, a top professor of mycology in your area, and the government shows up and goes, we have an emergency, we need you out of here. Just go, yep, whatever, you think, whatever you think is happening, it's the worst. Uh yeah, not a good sign. You know, it's in your field, you know, you would like to be called upon, you know, to to be needed by the government. But if you're in that field, that's the, the you know, that's a rough you, one. You don't want to see you, wanna, you no. don't want to see him pull up at no. your door. No, 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 no. no. Um, but uh, yeah, she gets to examine the body uh, from which a, a sample was taken or she examines the sample. And she concludes that it's cordyceps. She asks, she asks, why was it prepared this way? And she's like, well, that's, that's the way you prepare a sample taken from a human. And she's like, I'm sorry. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> they go ahead and let her take a look at the body. And, you know, she, she goes ahead and cuts her open where she finds, uh, a mold growing underneath her skin, Ugh. essentially. And then she opens her mouth and reaches in where she extracts tendrils. And she flips the fuck out, understandably, runs the fuck out of there and goes on and is like, uh, all right, when did this happen? About 30 hours ago. Well, we're fucked. Um, the authorities inform her, you know, it, it began at a flour mill. Uh, 14 workers have gone missing. Uh, how do you, how do we avoid the spread? She's like, well, we would need a, a vaccine, a medicine. Unfortunately, none of those things are possible. So bomb it, bomb the whole city and everyone in it. Yep. Uh, this has been my job for my whole life. I hope you listen and listen well right now. Bomb, Bomb everything. Bomb everything. everything. Wow. Uh, yeah. And another cold open that set the tone incredibly perfectly. And uh, the way she's like, uh, I'd like to go home and be with my family, please. Like the world's going to. Yeah, she, she like had tea, right, made for her. And she, she was kind of, she was holding it very, you know, steadily at first. And then whenever he said that there were 14 people missing. That is when she started to, holy shit. She yeah. was like, oh, fuck, it's over. She's like, yep, it's over. Like, we, it, well, it's it's either over or we bomb Indonesia. So she, yeah, she knew her family, like everything. Her hope was gone. Um, but, oh, my Lord. Uh, these openings, man. Yeah, what do, like, just instead of just not, not at all in the, sh just random cam, like cameos, you know, these characters aren't gonna yeah, pop they're not up gonna again, stick in you know, yeah, like, like at all just, um but they've been incredibly well done it sets the tone perfectly and it again just gets you in that mode where you're like well fuck 
And that's September 24th, which is two days before outbreak day where it reached the United States. Um, which to me kind of implies that they did not bomb the city in time, uh, or uh-huh. maybe at all. Um, which, you know, no, because if it, if it got, if it was global, no way one factory in Indonesia would supply food everywhere yeah. in around the world. And like it, it had to have left China. It had to get to China and yeah. Australia, I guess Indonesia yeah, it's over. It's over. And it, it's yeah, over. it's over. over. Um. Up? <laughs> Next up, we're in the outskirts where Ellie in 2023 is sleeping on the ground in an abandoned building. And Joel, Joel and Tess are like, yeah, you see this shit? Uh, she's infected. They got the gun on her. Uh, they're like, so the fuck is that? And Ellie's like, I'm not infected. I promise. And they're like, <laughs> sure. And uh, Ellie begins eating a nice little chicken sandwich that Marlene packed for. Her, and they're like, yo, 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 what's that? Oh, that looks yummy. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, apparently Marlene gets it from smugglers chicken, which is kind of awesome. Uh, but chicken when smugglers. Uh, Fuck yeah. yeah. I don't, well, Fuck they're probably yeah. not good. I don't know. I don't know if I'm on the smuggler side or not yet. I don't, I don't know. If, smugglers smugglers are on the low end of the like worst possible things. Like, in fact, I think the smugglers are actually doing some of the best work helping people get things they might need or want. Mm, okay. um, true, true. Yeah, I'll hold off on, on the smuggler. Yeah, until we meet some of the smugglers. Uh, it's like more who the smugglers might be working for that I'm a little bit more concerned about what they're transporting. Mm, and, uh, ooh. I yeah, see. Could get, could get pretty bad in that regard. But nevertheless, uh, you know, anything for a check in these days, you know, but uh, Ellie's like, yeah, the Firefly camp out west is uh, is developing a vaccine. And Joel's like, ah, fucking a we've heard this all before. You're the miracle, baby. Everything's going to work mm. out like, no, not again, not again. And Tess is like, come on, let's go ahead and follow through. Regardless, we'll get that battery. Everything will be OK. Even if she's not the shit, we get the battery and we, we get to do what we want. And oh. uh, they just don't believe that that bite was actually from someone who was infected. They just think it's a scar and that maybe like, but the reason that they're in is because they see her get bitten and then they see it like start to heal. I so guess that, I hadn't really considered Maybe that. is that why? Because like, because if you saw a scar like that and it was three weeks old, and you knew it was from someone who was infected, then it's they, like... They know it's from someone infected because she tested positive. That's true. So infected. yeah, how the fuck were they not just like, oh my god, how were they not just, like, in? I think, I think because she, like, Joel is insistent that regardless, it doesn't matter how long she's been fine, she will turn. We need oh, to be real. Oh, that, that we don't, tests. it's the unknown, I Again, guess. Again, yeah, the okay. answer's to Tess. Mm-hmm. Tess is okay, telling him wow. we need to go ahead and trust this. Let's let's yeah. do this. Uh, okay. But uh, okay. nevertheless, uh, she's even still doubtful over his over her immunity. But she maintains that the fireflies are going to give them supplies. So they head out and elevate uh, Ellie. Ellie is captivated by the uh, by the ruins here, mm-hmm. uh, and th- her. Perf- their performance throughout this episode, Bella Ramsey granted them the performance nod for me. Uh, anytime someone acts like they've never seen basic things before, I'm kind of I'm kind of awed by their performance of it. 
Uh, There's a lot of that this episode yeah, from them. So yeah, it. that makes perfect I sense. I love it. Pellerin you got to fly. You well, got to go a, up in the sky. Yeah, that's oh, the that's next. episode. Oh, that's right. Wow. That's okay, the, never mind. That's the opening that's, of episode. Oh yeah. Regardless, okay. whenever they're like, sh- Ellie's looking out over the city and she's like, wow, like just like, oh my god. Like it reminds me every time I see something like this, it reminds me of Ray arriving on Takadana in The Force Awakens when she's like. I've never, I didn't know there was this much green in the whole galaxy, you know, like that's, that's what the, that's what always reminds me of Omega and the Bad Batch launching off into hyperspace for the first time being like, holy shit. Like, I love that stuff. So I I really enjoyed Bella Ramsey's uh, performance in this episode, but uh, they go ahead and plan their path to the Massachusetts state house, but it is, uh, it's blocked by a crumbling building and Joel gives them an ultimatum, the long way or the short way and Tess chimes in. Well, it's the long way or the fucking, or we're the, we're fucking dead way. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love how real she is. She's just very, very real. And, mm. uh, I, I guess it ended up being the same. I don't know. Maybe they should have taken the we're fucking dead way. I don't know. Do you think they had more of a chance? They do end up taking the we're fucking dead way. They change route at some point and end up going the we're fucking dead way. Really? Because I thought yeah. they 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 were up and they saw everything and then they went to the museum or like the that's the we're fucked way the museum or like the oh, Independence Hall. Because like that was just straight through the road, straight through the building that like toppled over or something. That's right, the we're right. fucked dead way or something gotcha, like that. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, hmm. Regardless, I thought I thought that was the case. I thought they, hmm. yeah, I don't know. But nevertheless, uh, on their way, Ellie tells Tess that she uh, she got bit after sneaking off. Uh... Uh, oh wait, sorry. Joel makes the call that they check the hotel first. Mm. Uh, and on their way, Ellie tells Tess that she got bit after sneaking off to an abandoned mall alone. And uh, I have the feeling she was not alone. Yeah, she did hesitate there. Yeah, like you were you alone? She's like, yeah, and like a fourteen year, like it, like fourteen. You got balls, and she kind of accepted every answer, like ah, mm-hmm. uh, like it's not real. Um, yeah. So I, I think we got some histories to reveal to each other between mm-hmm. the two, which is I think how they bond. You know, I, it'll it'll be no. And this stuff like this is why Tess is my favorite character of the episode, not just because yep. of the sacrifice she ultimately makes, but because of the way she is almost, she's obviously the person Ellie was more excited to go on this journey with, you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, she's, she's like, cool. I can bond with Tess. Tess is dope. She likes me. She admires me. Like, this will be good. Joel's done nothing but like point a gun in her face, take her yeah. knife away, just be like, nope, she'll turn eventually. We just should kill her, honestly. I don't really care. I just want the truck and the battery. Uh, like, that's all Joel has been to her so far. So, like, fair enough. Right. And, and like, Tess, like, um, actually, my favorite line, I mean, she is my favorite character as well this episode. Um, and my line is like, whenever they're, I, have we, have they looked out upon all the, infected just laying there and all that sprawled yeah yeah um i like right when they're looking up she's just like giving her advice like you're you're immune oh, sure. no they haven't they're about to oh but, okay go ahead. um but like you know she's just giving her giving her advice like you're immune but you're not immune from being torn apart you know you're still mm-hmm. fragile you can still die 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like, are you listening? Like, I'm trying to keep you alive. And then now, like, knowing, like, on the rewatch, it just hits, it just hits harder. Like, just knowing that, like, this is, like, a lesson that Ellie is probably going to take a lot more to heart because Because she sacrifices happens. herself yeah. for that. Um, so, uh, um, Tess yeah, no. absolutely dominated this episode for me. I just realized she actually got every single, um, nom basically oh, no shit. so yeah that. she performance character and then we'll get to her scene uh, pretty obvious i'd say of what yeah. it what it will be yeah. but no i love that yeah. but uh yeah she confesses her previous belief that the outside world was saturated with hordes of the infected and asks about uh the infected possibly using echolocation and then like uh you know do they shoot spores out of them and uh, mm. infect you that way and they're like uh, no that's not a thing and then they're like are there really ones with their heads split open and they can see in the dark and they're like <laughs> we, won't t- we, we won't touch that one we won't yeah. we won't deny or right, right um. then a nice little scream comes from the distance and Joel's like alright let's keep it moving uh, and they, uh, they reach the hotel lobby which is flooded and Nelly's like oh no but I can't swim and Joel goes, are you fucking serious? And uh, she's like, yeah, what do you think? They fucking teach me this at Fedra school? And he's like, no, check this shit out. And it's like, it's like waist deep. And he did like, the most dad shit ever. He's like, yeah. seriously, let me yeah. show you this. And, and Wait till like, you get a load of it. Yeah. I loved her line too. I don't know how I was supposed to know that. <laughs> I mean, fair. You know, like, oh, yeah. honestly, I was, I was kind of thinking that he would have to swim through it. I, but it's a mall, and I know what malls are like hotel, before they're flooded. Or yeah, a hotel. I know what hotels are like before they're flooded. How are you yeah, supposed but, to know if the floor gave through? This is an apocalypse. A bomb. Bombs went off everywhere. You know, true, like true. the floor could have given in. This could be a really long yeah. staircase. The floor um, could be <laughs> gone, dude. You don't know anything about the world you live in now. Honestly, yeah, like right. I don't know. So. I give props to Ellie here. Joel could have just absolutely It'd be so funny. Yeah. Jumped in and just, uh, but uh, she's she goes around and plays around in the lobby for a little bit. You know, she's never been in a hotel. She's like, ding, ding. Hello. I would like your finest suite, please. And they're like, I love the way Joel's like, you're a fucking weird kid. You know that? And uh, she just keeps going, completely ignores him. And uh, she accidentally uncovers a skeleton, ending her fun. And the group continues up the stairs. And uh, there's a there's a part of this scene where I can't remember if it's this scene or something later where she asks uh, anything bad in here. And Joel goes, just you. Mm. This is a running joke. He tells it again in the third episode. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Like, uh, I wonder how many more times I remembered it in the third episode, but I, I didn't. I didn't remember it being in the second one, but that's... I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's in the second. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I think it's when they're about to go into the library. Maybe definitely, and... yeah. Because in the third episode, she's like, "Oh, now you're funny. Now you're getting funny." It's or getting funny. Okay, like called it okay. Okay, she called funny. it funny yeah. the first time. She was like, "Oh, you're funny," and then the second time, she's like, <laughs> "Getting funnier." Like, uh, but okay. uh, yeah. So Tess has to climb into a narrow opening in the blockage where they find they can't make it past where they usually go and uh joel tries to make a little small tack with ellie t- complimenting her knife and such and uh and she's like yeah what about you and uh you and tess what's that about and he's like pass how'd you get to boston pass uh and uh he becomes quite annoyed very quickly and they discuss the infected and tess is like tess interrupts by coming through the uh 
debris and Joel gets all guarded and she's like, you can put your gun down, Joel. Like, uh, doesn't have to see him. Knows he pulled his gun. Yeah. Like, Man, they are the best, dude. They, I guess yeah. they have been together for a lot a longer long than time. I thought. A you know, long time. Of, in this point in time, I'm like, they could have been together. This could be like a thing, you know, he could have just gotten to Boston a couple, I don't know. Like I was, I wasn't thinking 17 or whatever years that it like actually is. So like, yeah, like they've been together a while, which makes what happens at the end of this episode, like worse, like a lot worse. I didn't even realize, you know, like, and we'll get there, but, uh, Mm -hmm. nevertheless, uh, Tess interrupts a potential conversation about the man Joel beat to death whenever she's like, you know, do you ever feel bad because, you know, they were once people and he's he probably lies to himself and her a little bit and goes, yeah, um, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't think he feels bad about that. He um, likes to do it. Um, yeah. At this feeling, point, feeling at this point, yeah. he's fully turned off that switch and. Yeah. And then she asks, what about the dude last night? And luckily that's when Tess chimes in and is like, uh, Hey, I'm here. Yeah. And, uh, on a balcony, Tess shows them a large group of infected lying on the ground together in their path to the state house. And this is when Tess explains to Ellie that most of them were deep inside the buildings at one point. And when people seeking to reach the QZ would go into the buildings to find shelter, they would get bit. And Tess also explains that fungus grows underground sometimes for a mile long. And if you disturb one patch of cordyceps somewhere, you could wake infected a mile away, miles away. And she informs Ellie that although she may be immune to infection, she's not immune for being ripped apart. And thus they decide to take. They actually decide to take the short way because of this. So they do end up. Mm-hmm. So they actually the short way is what we do see. OK, yes. that's hmm. I guess it makes sense. So, yeah, like the long way was the way they were blocking the infected. Um, and they were like, oh, oh yeah, duh. Yeah. Okay. They're like, well, shit, guess we're going the we're fucking dead way. Which it's not even they were just blocking it by like their bodies. It's like even just their little yeah. vines is yeah, enough. The fungal, the like, fungal fuck, dude. They're so yeah. OP. They're so overpowered. That's yeah. like we lose. Like we're we have great capabilities as humans right now, but like. Man, we can't communicate across the planet, uh, nope. like like instantly like that. Um, we have to use technology to do that. That's just a thing they can do. Um, I yeah, it's it. This show's Dang. scary. Like this I'm show, like about like, would you be safe if you took a boat out under the water? Like you'd be <gasps> safe from clickers, but like, yeah, yeah, like yachts. Yeah. If you just took a yacht, stole a yacht, was in the pac- middle of the Pacific Ocean while all this shit was going down, I guess not even probably go fucking insane. Yeah, I mean, what, how are you gonna get anything? You have to eventually yeah. get resources, and you know you can't right. get everything. You can't get anything from the ocean, right? I guess if you fish, you have to fish a lot and just eat fish on your yacht. Who knows how it affects fish? But uh, fuck. Yeah, there's no there's nowhere that's safe. But uh they get to the museum and Joel cracks the fungus growing outside the museum saying that it's uh it has uh, dried out, implying that the infected at the museum are dead. And uh they slowly enter the museum and Joel admits that they should have taken this route initially. Uh 
And Ellie encounters a man that seems to have been viciously attacked. She's like, yo, what the fuck is this? I got hit by one of these things, and it was not like that. I'm going to tell you that right now. And uh, Tess is like, ah, it'll be okay. And right, right. And Joel's like, yeah. Like, she's like, maybe maybe he got attacked outside, came inside. Mm -hmm. And Joel's, and this line delivery, it's not my favorite line, but Pedro Pascal, like, whispering to them was fucking impeccable. Oh. I love this guy's voice. Oh, dude, uh, I agree with you fully here. This is... Oh, oh buddy. The, I don't know what it is about it. I don't know. Just I don't the, know either. The whole, like, we from this point on, we are silent. Not quiet. Silent. And it's like, it's so well done. No. And then he's like, no. No. Silent. No questions. Just do it. Nah. And it's like, yeah, like oh. I can't, like I can't speak yeah. the volume he was. Discord won't pick it up. I know, yeah, you know, like, yeah, true. It was, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's like silent the rest of the time, not quiet, silent. No, no more questions. Let's go. They inch up the stairs, and Ellie steps on a decayed hand, making a noise, and they carry on to the room at the top floor, and the stairway caves in on itself as soon as they make it through. And uh, they maintain their silence when they hear an ominous, an ominous clicking sound. And a clicker walks out of the adjacent room. Uh, and Ellie becomes quite scared. Uh, they take cover behind a, a a little thing here. And Joel mouths to Ellie, they can't see, but they can hear. And the clicker stumbles next to them. And the whole, the way they move is fucking horrifying. And the uh, noise, like, it, how do you think that, is that a human making that noise? You think, like, the actual person in the suit, or, like, maybe, okay, maybe well, not, like, probably, in there, but, like. post sound design. Like, I've tried, like, in the past couple of days, like, I've just tried to make that noise. It's just hard. Like, I don't know. Um, it's But, like, even the screech, like, the, like, they have, it's kind of like a screech with the click combined. But if yeah. you screech, it's not clicking. I don't know. It's, it, you can't do like both at the same time. I guess I, I don't have a fungal infection, so yeah, um, who knows how it affects their lungs and stuff. I don't know. But uh, regardless, uh, whenever Ellie sees this motherfucker, she can't help but gasp, and that immediately draws its attention. And they have to look. Uh, the the clicker hears them. And looks, and this prompts Joel to absolutely unload on this clicker, which does absolutely nothing. Hank and those he, bullets. Yeah. Just, yeah. As he, uh, as he fights off the clicker, another one appears. Tess and Ellie run away. Uh, they trip over a mannequin, and the second clicker chases Tess as Ellie crawls away. We don't see Tess for a while, and presumably this is when she gets got. Uh, and, but, uh, man, and, and that's the thing. I, whenever she first entered the room and said twisted ankle, I like, it was the first thought in my mind. I'm like, yeah. no way that's a twisted ankle. No. I'm like, she's infected. And then she starts talking, like talking in the way and, and, yeah. and I'm like, fuck. And I literally say it. I'm like, oh, she's already infected. Yep. She, my girlfriend accuses me of already watching the episode before and being like, oh, you know what happens, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, it does happen. So I'm like, even so further. You haven't beat the allegations yet. No, but I, it was like, I don't know. I felt like it was like, okay, I, I, 
I don't know. It no, felt I mean, pretty that's, easy that's to... pretty. That's pretty keen. That's that's a pretty keen sense of what's going on because I didn't really think anything of it. I did think it was odd that she was off screen for a while. off for too long. That's yeah. that's why I literally had that thought while she was off screen for too long. I'm like, she's been off screen for too long. It was like mm-hmm. in my head, and then she comes back on and says twisted ankle. I'm like, okay. So like, I was just already in the mind of it while she was off screen. So it was yeah. like. Uh, and, oh man, I don't know. Like if you literally hear, um, if it had to happen to one of us, Ellie literally says it cuts, yeah. boom, Tess's face on, yeah. like, it's the only yeah. thing you see. Um, yeah. so I don't know. Now this whole scene was my favorite. Uh, I titled it silent oh. library. I don't know if you ever watched that Ooh. show. Uh, oh, the, fu- the, <laughs> the funny one. Yeah, yeah. Where they have to get all the challenges. Try and avoid laughing. <laughs> Or letting out any noise. This uh, one's a lot worse. This is the uh, worst possible version yeah, of Silent this, Library. Yeah, this uh, I do not want to do. If you make, if you make noise, you get ripped apart by a by a fungal monster. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like that though. Silent Library. Oh yeah, that was that was the shit right there. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. But uh, they they go ahead and make it out after uh, Joel unloads another clip into a into the head of a clicker. Which these these things are just fucking impossible to kill. Apparently, like you got to hit them. They are not doing the whole like, oh, the video game is harder thing. No, it's that hard. You know, like it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like they're like, yeah, you yeah, it's like dome one of them and you're good. No, you got to dome them like six times. Yeah, it's like the same thing. You have like the the base level infected that you can just you know kill pretty easily, and then you have the the next tier whenever you play the oh. game a little longer. Yeah, and it's like. Oh no, they're doing the game justice. It makes perfect sense for the show. You know, like if you've never played the game, you're not like, oh, this is so ad, you know, adapted so well. And this is such a cool enemy. Like, I love that this is in the show. It's just like, oh, that's a creepy fucking thing. I hope there's not more of those, you know, like, right. Um, so I don't know. They're, they're doing such a good job balancing the show and video game aspect. It's um, it's it. it's really good. I I really really enjoy it. But uh, that does take us to the Capitol building, where Tess tells them that they need to get moving before the sun goes down. And outside, Joel puts a bandage on Ellie's bite, helps uh, Tess realign her twisted ankle, and he again shares his concern about Ellie being infected. And Tess is like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Can't you can't you just for a second think that things will be okay? Mm. Can't you even kind of do that for me?" Uh, they should be grateful to be alive. And uh, this is when I was like, oh, okay, there's something there. And uh, does Joel know here? I or does, does Ellie actually, is is that the first time that it like hits everybody? No, no. I don't think it hits until Ellie says it. Okay. Because oh, she says it with shock in her voice. Goes, Ellie oh, definitely that it, it it hit her first, but I think Joel may have suspected it, but he was like, "No, it can't yeah. be." Yeah. Um, and then just played it out, and then whenever, you know, later on, I think like it. I don't know. I was just really interested to see if like if you noticed Joel's no like I, reaction or anything. If, he's a pretty stoic dude. Uh, yeah, he true. Let, he doesn't let on a lot, but. uh Regardless, they make their way up the road in front of the state house where a container trunk is a container truck is parked, ready to transport Ellie, and Joel becomes suspicious when no one comes to meet them. They're like, yo, what the fuck? Uh the driver is dead underneath the truck, 
and Tess draws her gun and runs inside with Ellie. They find all the fireflies dead. Joel turns over one of them and finds fungi growing on his face. And Ellie's like, did Fedra do this? And he goes, no. One of the fireflies got infected, spread the infection to others, and their survivors fought the uh, the healthy, fought the infected. Nobody won. Uh, everybody loses, in fact. Good assessment of the situation there. Um, Quick, I think, like, I think once you've been around the block like Joel has, you kind of know what you're looking for <laughs> in these situations. Damn. Yeah, that's true, sadly. Um, he's an expert by now, it seems. And it's at this point that Tess starts to flip the fuck out. She is worried that this was all for nothing. Uh, checking the bodies. They must have a map. One of them must have a map. Uh, something that points the way to the Firefly camp. And Joel finally loses his patience. Is like, no, this is it. We're going home. This is This is the end of the line. And Tess is like, nope, I'm not going home. He says, that's not my home. That's not my home. And uh, our mm-hmm. our luck was bound to run out at some point. And that's when Ellie goes, fuck, she's infected. Yeah. Joel's, like, Joel's like, show me. Like, I won't believe it until I see it. And Tess pulls her shirt aside to reveal a pretty quick infection taking place. And she, uh, she's like, yep, had to happen at some point. You know, like it, it was only going to last so long. And, uh. Joel's try to pro- Joel tries to process what's happening, and Tess orders Ellie to take her bandage off, revealing that her bite mark from earlier has already completely healed. And Tess is like, you see this? This is the key. Everything's going to be okay. Take her to Bill and Frank's. Force them to transport Ellie. We will get this figured out. And uh, he, he tells her, or she tells him, save who you can. Save who you can save. That is my line of the episode. Save who you can save. Uh, because it comes back around really hard in episode three in a different way. That just resonates infinitely. Uh, Man, you know, and on the rewatch, like knowing that she does get infected and knowing that she does die. Like I suspected it whenever I watched it, but I didn't know. So like I didn't know she was right. dying, you know. But like now knowing she does, <clears throat> like every action she takes after that bite. She's, I mean, she's on it. She knows she doesn't have any time left. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's so devastated whenever everyone's dead. Because yeah. she's like, she wanted this one last thing yep. for her for her to get a win. And she she couldn't see it happen. She has to hope that Joel does it. And mm-hmm. Joel, like, didn't even give her the satisfaction of, like, saying anything or do, fuck, Joel. Oh, my God, I'm kind of pissed at Joel a little I'm- bit. I don't think um, I don't think Joel is a man of few words. I think he has, in action, in could have he could have done a hug. I mean, no, they've uh, but like I know she's infected, but like it's only if she b- bites him. That's right? not the type of dude Joel is. She he told her like because what happens is the infected start fucking coming. The tendrils wrap yeah. all around his hands. The infected horde starts dashing towards the state house. He goes, uh, "We have a minute tops." And she goes, all right, you got to get the fuck out of here. The best thing he could have done in that moment was get the fuck out of there. I think that's all. I think that's all she wanted. That's all they needed. And uh, I mean, he she said, promise me, Joel, promise me. You know, she was she was like begging for an answer because that she's dying, you know, and she knows. And she's like, this is what I would need you to do this. And she and Joel just stands there. I mean, like. 
Maybe that's I, just the relationship. His, maybe it's more of just the rela- – she knows. She I took knows his maybe. response. I don't know. I thought his response to promise me was grabbing Ellie and getting the fuck out of there. He could have just left her. You know, he could have been like, no, I'm heading back. Him taking Ellie implies that he's decided to take care of her. He will protect her. And like, like that's how I took it. Okay. But I do absolutely see what you're saying. Like, because I thought that together too, for 17 I'm... years, this is her saying her final goodbye. Him knowing, like, th- that's the thing, is that, like, in the rewatch is, this is um Joel and Tess's last day together, and then we get Bill and Frank's last day together. Next episode, we get the ideal situation, and then we get the exact opposite, mm-hmm. where your last day comes from you, n- the last thing you wanted is to get bit by an infected. So you know you're dying, you know it's your last day, and it sucks, you didn't want it to happen, and it's all shitty. Everything's shitty. This episode, it's all shit. Nothing good happens. Next episode, it is the polar opposite. It is like exactly what you would want in this world if you could ask for it. You know, this is the, it's it's the polar opposite. It, and, and after watching episode three, that's why like episode two at first watch was just kind of like, okay, it was good. It wasn't episode one. I, I was absolutely a wreck after episode one and it was just really good. Now I just, I'm in the show. I will watch episode three guaranteed. Yeah. Um, and then after watching episode three, um, I'm like, this is one of the goats. It's just obviously off that watch. You're like, okay, yes, I know what I just watched. I witnessed history made right here in front of me. Um, whatever you want to give the title of the episode, I don't know, but, like now rewatching episode two though, whenever I thought it was weak, in the lens of it, like it being kind of an arc of the last days that the couples that we have on screen have together, like kind of they're just building the world, showing you the worst of the worst and showing you kind of the best of the best. Yeah. Um and what everything in between. Gotcha. And I don't know, I just I I still think it's it's the weakest episode of the season, that's for sure, no still. Um, uh, but, but... Um, no, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Um, but yeah, this uh, this results in them storming out of there, Tess grabbing discarded weapons, knocking over fuel, and light, trying to light a lighter that keeps fizzling out. I'm tired of this trope. I hate it. Um, for I, one, the spark itself would light it up. That's enough. That's enough. Um, and like... It, like how? Why does it happen every time? It you happened know? in Stranger Things four, where he couldn't get the fucking lighter to flick and get get the flaming bat going, or whatever the fuck he had. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, I know. Why that, didn't like, she grab a grenade and point. just fucking? You know, I expected yeah. her to yeah. go out like boom. Like that's how I expected her to go I'm out. I'm doing fucking anything to make sure this motherfucker doesn't put his face on mine. Uh, absolutely not. But you know. It is what it is. It happens how it happens. And this building blows up. Joel and Ellie are outside and Joel walks away silent. I guess my only gripe is Joel's no null reaction in which I'm feeling a little better about now. And then the other one was how she went out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's like in our minds, we thought that she would go out in, you know, in glory and you know massive explosion going out like a warrior but like in the moment she had no idea she was gonna die today 
she like that's the like she was she just got Joel just left everything she knows she's dying like that's so much to process and like she's just actually it's hitting her now you know so like I think it's it's more realistic that it's like she just freezes up and doesn't know what to do because oh I think so too oh my god I'm about to die and like um so it's just I would have liked you know like a a single line from Joel maybe just being like you know I promise or I will or um something and then I would have liked her to pull a pin on a grenade and you know I get you like my my beef with this episode is more pacing mm. I think that what we did in an hour with this episode or 50 minutes or whatever could have been done in about 20 um I yeah. I liked it. I, I I enjoyed watching it, but I don't think we do a lot of important stuff. I think I think they spend a lot of time trying to get you to really care about Tess, and even then, I don't think it paid off. Um, yeah, I care about Tess, but I, I cared more cry, when Sarah really. died. I cared. I care more next episode. You know, like I mostly, and this is this is this is kind of shitty. I shouldn't project it onto this. I knew she was going to die soon. I didn't know. I didn't know mm. from a spoiler or anything. I knew from the promotional material that Tess isn't in it a lot. Mm. Yeah. I was like, she can't be here for long, you know? Uh, and you know, I'm also preparing myself. People are going to die. It's the last of us. So I expected her to go. I just did. I didn't expect it to be so soon. I thought it would be a couple episodes. Uh, mm. and, uh, but again, I, I didn't feel it the way I was supposed to, and I feel like they yeah, spent a no. lot of time trying to make me feel it, and I still didn't. Uh, That's true. In, yeah, I, mean, I guess I teared up. <clears throat> you know, like, maybe I had, like, a tear swell, but I didn't, like, cry. I didn't... No way. I, I was in no way close to episode one, you know? Oh, no, I was not close different. to episode one, and episode oh. one wasn't close to episode three, you know? Like, yeah. that's... Yeah, exactly. There are levels yeah. to it here. Yeah. And, uh this one was not on the high end by any means because like literally I think I went, ah oh, man, I don't think I even, I don't think I emoted at all. I think I went, ah, shit. like, yep, that was, that, yeah, I kind of was, I was kind of of the attitude that Tess had, like it was bound to happen, you know, like our luck had to run out. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it did. Um, hmm. but nevertheless, that does affect my, uh, enjoyment of the episode and it affects my, uh, my critical rating of the episode the pacing stuff yeah. more so definitely on the not side. tens here you know? no i'm going like eight might be my ceiling for enjoyment on this one That's like I, enjoyed I was it. i was saying yeah. like seven five even. yeah i was like, thinking uh, seven five seven seven five like it was solid but it wasn't uh wasn't anything that like blew my mind i was like in you know i was still like fuck yeah i'm gonna keep watching the show but i wasn't like Wow, they have been on a fucking roll, you know. Like, uh, mm. I re- I did enjoy it though. So I, I think seven seven five is more where I'm at. Like, uh, I mean seven f- seventy five percent, just three fourths of the way. Ah, well, I I don't know if I want to be nicer to it or not. I think I don't know. I feel like seven five is, is fair. I I don't think going low. I was not going to go lower, definitely mm. than seven five. But 
I think, I don't know, we should leave room for it to grow because seeing what episode three was and episode one was, like, they they have And the that's potential. my thing, is that I watched Holy. episode three and went, well, this this almost negates what I thought was a 10 prior. And it didn't though. Like I did enjoy episode one on that level. It's just, that's how good episode three was, you know? So mm-hmm. like, yeah. um, okay. Yeah. We, yeah, I we think... do. I think seven, seven, five is fair. Um, I like, I like, and, uh, genre wise, I think it's still balling. Uh, like yeah. that's, that's the place where I don't think it'll fall much at all. I think Craig Maslin, uh, knows exactly what he's doing with a sort of apocalyptic situation. And I think they killed it. The horror tones in this episode were a lot stronger, which was also mm. baller. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think, man, is it? I'm pretty, I, think, I mean, what did they miss? I don't think really, they did. You know, yeah. I'm, it's I'm like, the world this of, is another 10. It's like, just, if anything, we'll to, know. I think mm-hmm. we'll know when an episode isn't exactly what the show has been like or what yeah. it's supposed to be. Like it. this was, it's in keeping with what I I expect of this show, and uh, it did exceedingly well at the things it was trying to do. I think uh, this just built, built the world. It just mm-hmm. built the world. If you want to pull out anything of this episode that it did just well, was it just gave you a, an hour to sit down and and feel the world out of you know that 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 we're in and i don't know i think it wasn't you know seven seven five on the you know it's almost an eight enjoyment so it's like it's not like we're you know we're talking about it as if it's like oh you know kind of like on the lower end but like we're talking against tens like against yeah, per, like exactly. perfect like amazing uh episodes so um yeah i think i'm i don't know i'm thinking like critically like how much is it weaker like then enjoyment or is it around like the same level i think um, it's, i i my gut was eight for uh okay because uh visually it this still is looks that's the thing yeah, yeah. The, visually astounding the performances are amazing uh my only my only gripe is the pacing and like that is that is legit it i don't have another gripe. Uh, writing i mean but that's a pretty that that is the the largest aspect of our you know critical rating that would we we like to say the writing is the most important i i I tend to agree and i don't i don't necessarily think the writing was i don't think the writing was bad um yeah i think the writing was fine i understood what they were trying to do it just didn't resonate with me and therein because it didn't resonate i thought they spent too much time on it which affects the pacing not necessarily yeah this I think it <clears throat> what maybe would have made me care about Tess more is if this episode maybe we got like flashbacks of her and Joel um and their early relationship and then she dies <clears throat> next episode or something like that you know or, yeah, or, that's or the thing is that like next episode enhanced this episode like crazy which yeah. shouldn't happen the even that just little fine. scene yeah. even just that yeah. little tidbit like but imagine just seeing them together for like a whole like just in their natural you know not over at bill and frank's just mm-hmm. just wherever that you know in boston um boston yeah so at the dunkin donuts but and Pop I, don't know. I think i think eight Wicked. eight's actually fair because crime. it is looking just so good like it every is, shot looking show. oh my yeah. god 
the scene that where the where Ellie or uh, yeah Ellie's eating her uh, chicken sandwich. Mm. Um, she is sitting on like all the natural green foliage, sun on her, like coming down. And Joel and Tess are like in the building in like a dark gray corner. And every time it switches, it's just like bright, beautiful, vibrant when it shows Ellie. She's at the center of like this beam, like literally like the key to it all, you know. And mm-hmm. it's just like, oh my God. Like this show is just Yeah, it's a brilliant it's a brilliant looking show. But what what does that rating give it overall? We give it an eight five eight, so around eighty six percent. Pretty big so. drop, but still very, very good. Yeah. Um exceedingly good but that does take us to episode three written by craig mazin and directed by peter whore uh peter whore let me tell you peter whore's got it on him bro you yeah uh, let this man cook let give him every i don't know if it's a love story give him give him <laughs> give him give him because i need that shit no this was a. Yeah. Uh, this was outstanding. He's actually directed uh, episodes of Daredevil uh, in season Ooh. two. Season two of Daredevil, he had a he, he directed three episodes in that season of television. So he's done he's done fairly well for himself. Okay, um, okay. But we begin this episode ten miles west of Boston, and I gotta say, I don't know where I want to be, but I know I want to. I don't know where I am, but I know I want to be ten miles west of Boston. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this place is gorgeous, and there is no fucking way this is 10 miles west of Boston. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Massachusetts, 10 miles? Yeah, 10 miles? What There's the fuck? Mountain ranges and creeks. Like, no. Uh, this is Canada. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Regardless, I fucking loved it. Uh, I Like... I don't know where I don't know where I am or where I'm going, but I know I want to be. I know I want to be ten miles west of Boston. Uh, we're we're in the morning after Tess's death, where Joel is going ahead and stacking some rocks by down by the river, which I think is an interesting activity for Joel to be taking part in. I usually associate rock stacking with some more spiritual, uh, connected to the earth types, and it seems like he's just kind of, I don't know, seems just. Not the type to do it, but you know he's in mourning. He'll do his thing. Uh, he, he's coping how he can, but uh, he's returning. He's returned to meet Ellie at a nearby campsite, and Joel ignores Ellie as uh, she just kind of stares at him. And Ellie attempts to start conversation where he goes, "I don't want your sorries," and she's like, "No, no, no, no. I didn't. I wasn't going to say that. In mm-hmm. fact, I was going to say the opposite. Y'all made a choice." Y'all wanted to get some fucking battery. Y'all did not have to do this, okay? So don't you blame me for shit that isn't my fault. And if the episode hadn't been so strong in every other regard, Ellie would have been an easy character choice. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of forgot about the Ellie and Joel scenes, like, of of this episode. I remembered, like, the Joel and and Tess coming back at the end and and everything, but... They're some of the best scenes we've had between Joel and Ellie. Yeah. Maybe the best scenes we've had with Joel yeah. and Ellie. They're actually they're like starting now. to bond. Yeah. yeah and... They're alone now. They have no choice. Uh and it just got so outshined by Bill and mm. Frank's storyline. Bill and Frank's excellent adventure. Uh side note, went ten miles west of Boston and just plopped down on Street View just on Google Maps. Not actually like looking pretty nice. <laughs> like no shit. 
like it, yeah like per, it, i just there's a town called lincoln it's about i don't know I, it's just the first town that i saw that was about 10 miles west and it's like yeah it looks pretty pretty similar actually so yeah, maybe 10 miles west of boston isn't actually that bad i'm trying so. to be 10 miles west of boston that's what i'm saying but uh mm-hmm. tell me is there a cumberland farms because that's where we're headed next after Ellie asks if she can have a gun once again, she is immediately shut down once again. And Joel has apparently stashed stuff uh, over the years. And Ellie walks in and is, an ex- is ecstatic to find Mortal Kombat 2. Oh, there's one character who eats your spine and vomits your bones. Oh, I fucking love this thing. And uh, she's claiming a friend that taught her about the game. I have a feeling that friend is the one who was with her in the mall. Um and uh meanwhile joel is searching for a stash and ellie decides to go ahead and keep looking and he uh he's like good luck everything's been taken and she's like anything bad in here he goes just you (laughs) getting funnier and she finds the door to a cellar in the back room climbing down to find the shelves empty save for a box of tampons which she's like fuck yes (laughs) i need that shit uh just again reiterating the importance of toiletries and uh and just health and hygiene products in general in the apocalyptic world uh can't imagine how long it's been since they've seen tampons uh oh this is real this is a real place like this cumberland Cumberland farms oh it's and it's 10 miles it's it's this is actually legit yeah I wonder if this town, because I see the gas, like I see the gas station they went to, the Cumberland Farms, like that is the gas station that they go to. Like, and I'm on Google Maps right now, looking right out. But uh, I wonder if I can find that if if I can find like Frank's house, actually, Bill and Frank's house. (laughs) I'm trying Uh, to go to Bill and Frank's house. Uh, Let me get the let me get the address. No, but uh, nevertheless, she gets down there and she is interrupted by a screech from an infected. Uh, be having been crushed underneath a pile of uh, rubble, and uh, Ellie is like, "Huh, let me see what happens when I cut this motherfucker." Um, okay, okay, goes ahead and stabs the motherfucker. And I was like, "Yo, if this thing wasn't taking over the world and dominating things, I would think this is a bad sign." And and a character, uh, <laughs> the general. Mm experimentation yeah now that i yeah wow she really just yeah it's like i guess like serial killers they start with animals you know yeah, or whatever but like, like they say that but this is a different situation you know this like is it's a, like apocalypse she's outside for the first time she's never seen one of these things besides getting attacked by one you know let's see what happens here like the, i feel like this is more fair uh than just yeah. experimenting on animals uh, now she knows how hard it hard she has to stab to to mm-hmm. kill, you know. Yeah, exactly. Research. She exactly. Did, yeah. yeah. But uh, she returns to Joel after killing this motherfucker who's found a stash, without telling him what happened. And to her disappointment, Joel chooses to leave behind the rifle he stole from Lee, as he's not likely to find ammunition. Well, if you're just gonna leave it here, nope. All right. But because uh, they did mention that. The factory in Georgia or whatever. They make two things, bullets and pills. Pills. And I guess Fedra Fedra would have that's that's like all the bullets they have, right? That's a Fedra factory. Uh so I guess they're just not in Boston anymore. 
or in a Fedra We're not QZ, in Boston so, anymore. So, like, it, ha, where is Fedra? Is Fedra the whole... Fedra, if there's a QZ, there's a Fedra. Like, I, like... It was an Amer. It was an American sect of the government uh, of the United like, States government. I guess I know it's across the United States. Is it like war? Is it like global though? Um, I doubt it. I doubt. So it's it. just I bet, like I bet it's United, just in the United States. States. Okay. okay. Um, but uh, they continue their walk and find a the wreckage of a crashed airplane from outbreak day on a nearby hill, and she's like, "Wow, did you ever get to go on one of those things?" And he's like. Yeah, wasn't all that though. They made you, they shoved you in a middle seat and made you pay twelve bucks for a sandwich. And uh, she's like, "Dude, you got to go in the fucking sky, okay? I don't want to hear any of that shit." He's like, "Yep, but so did they." And that's when I'm kind of going, "Okay, I think it's probably the less mathematical uh, solution to these to this thing." But yeah, no, yeah, no, it's it was just. Someone was infected, the pilot went, or the, you know, it's just, it was apocalypse. That's why yeah. the planes crash. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But, uh, but my, they, at, at least my teacher tried, you know, at least they tried. Yeah, no, and like, I think the whole, like, the three in a row, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's, yeah. they had to have been going one after the other, and they all fell, like, uh, but regardless. Uh, those who were on board the plane would probably agree with Joel's assessment that it was never very fun. Uh, and she inquires about the uh, the events of Outbreak Day. She never learned from them from Fedra about it. And Joel explains that when cordyceps mutated to infect humans, it got in the food supply, probably flour, sugar, pancake mix, and then into widely distributed products, which hit the shelves on Thursday, September twenty fifth, two thousand three. As the population aided over the course of uh, Thursday night or Friday morning, they started to get sicker and sicker, and eventually. They were influenced to violently attack others and spread the fungus. And by it happened on Friday, September 26th. And by Monday, everything was gone. And uh, her being like, thank you. That makes a lot more sense than monkeys. He's like, yeah, no problem. Like, I, I, li- I loved that part. If, if Again, if the rest of the episode wasn't so fucking strong, this was really close to being just one of my favorite parts of the episode in general. Just this whole... Mm. This whole prelude to what happens later. They really get outshined, huh? Man, hard. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, I'm, when I'm thinking back on this episode in like a couple weeks, I'm only going to remember Bill and Frank. No like, doubt. No doubt. Uh, Zero doubt in my mind. But uh, Joel stops Ellie, suggesting that they take a different route uh, through the woods because of something disturbing along the path. Uh, you don't want to see what's up ahead. And Ellie's like, oh, well, now I have to see what's up ahead. Shit. And uh, only to see what he was referring to, a mass grave full of skeletal remains. And Joel explains that during the week following the outbreak, the government evacuated small towns with the promise of taking them to QZs. However, if the QZ filled up, they went ahead and executed them. Uh, Dead people can't be infected. And we leave that scene on a zoom in of a a small blanket and clothing. And we re-enter in 2003 on a ch- uh, on a baby in in that blanket and that baby's mom presumably in the citizen the town of Lincoln Massachusetts uh, wait so i plopped actually in the town yeah no way dude what that's actually nuts 
Because it actually looked really similar. I'm like, dude, this is looking really similar. And then I find the actual Cumberland Farms, like the gas station. I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe this is a real place. I guess it makes sense. Yep, we're um, back in 2003 in Lincoln, Massachusetts, where this neighborhood specifically is where these two are from. Uh, they're going to uh, be killed in this mass grave, and thankfully in a sub-basement bunker. A bearded man is watching security cameras. The soldiers come through his house, grabbing his gun and muttering, not today, you new world order jackboot fucks. I lo- as soon as I heard that, I was like, well, that's Nick Offerman. I know man. that as soon as I hear it. Uh, and what a twist of a character. Like, I did yes. not think at all for a second that this is where they were going to take this character, nope. you know? And I'm I like, loved it, though. Because this is the most nuanced performance, Nick. This is a career performance for Nick Offerman. This was insane insanely good like this show is gonna get so many awards this is one of my single favorite episodes of television ever yeah uh, i think it's, it goes it. oh uh, what are your favorite <laughs> no no oh. the rating this is 10 10 and 10 oh yeah it is yeah um, okay yeah <laughs> yeah there's no question about it um i'll just go ahead and spoil my favorite uh it, he he gets the performance there's no like it was okay. maybe Frank, you know, I was maybe I thinking. Love, I like me some Murray Bartlett, bro. He did fantastic. It's just the fact that I've never seen Nick Offerman reach the, these dimensions. Like, this was uh, crazy. This is Ron fucking Swanson from Parks and Rec doing this. This man is nuts. This yeah. is one of my favorite performances I've ever watched in a single episode of television. It would, like, seeing him... And I saw, like, you know, hearing his first line, he's in this basement with his wall of guns and prepper, and, you know, and I'm like, okay, let's they, see what the the sure. take on on this, you know, on this person would be in this world, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm getting ready for a lot of racism. I'm getting ready for a lot of, you know, other things that genuinely or gen, generally come with these uh, yeah. people. And then, whoa. You know, so I, like, obviously... Obviously, you got something a lot different. I know I don't seem the type. No, you do. Mm. Fuck. God damn, man. This episode. Like, it's basically just going to be me reading this and us going, fuck. God yeah. damn. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't like not a lot to say. Just like it speaks for itself in so many regards where you're just like, yeah, yeah, they fucking nailed that. Uh, but the man goes ahead and climbs out of the bunker and makes sure his house and the surrounding town is clear. And uh, satisfied, he climbs into his truck and goes to work converting the town into his personal compound, uh, going ahead and grabbing a boat, filling up on fuel, lumber, generators, and other equipment from nearby areas, raids a Home Depot, and uh, he sets Man up. Man hit all the necessary resources. He went to, his first was gas. Yeah, he got gas. That's yeah, He went to a gas station, filled up so many yeah barrels and everything of gas. A Home Depot for supplies. And then, and then I think his third stop, I think was like a, a distillery for alcohol. I think, and like for the drinks, whatever, alcohol is actually just like a really valuable resource, like for cleaning and like, like regardless and just to drink, you know, dude got his wine. That that man went Camus Vineyards. He was like, I know my wine. I know what I need. Dude, um, dude knows his wine. Yeah, dude. Um, so man, I don't know. That's just yeah. it was Shut the up. little montage of it's like 
in a cruddy world, obviously we, we know what happens outside of the world, but it's like, this oh, man, we get to see this, this guy just kind of out his little slice of heaven. You know, he had yeah. a little slice of paradise there. Uh, I loved this. And just because like, like you said, we got what's terrible and we got what's good here. Uh, he set up a nice electric fence, various traps among other perimeters to protect himself from infected and other humans. But having built a fully self-sufficient compound with running water, gas, stove, heating, and electricity, he prepares himself a nice little steak dinner, complete with the wine pairing, and watches with glee on a security camera as an infected is killed by one of his traps. A tripwire that sets, sets off a shotgun that mm. destroys his ass. Uh, He's like... That never gets old. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that dinner, man. That he can cook pretty well. That that looked like a. I would. I want that meal. That man's worked at a five star Michelin rated restaurant right there. He's got the plating. Does a little turn, make sure it's facing the right way. Uh, that man's that man's with it. He knows what he's doing. But uh, that's when we flash forward four years. So we are now sixteen years away from the events of the present. And while doing some welding in his basement, he notices that one of his pit traps outside has been activated. And walking out with a gun, he's ready to put down its victim. But he is surprised to hear a human voice call out that he is not infected. And the man in the pit eventually reveals his name to be Frank. He is unarmed, although he thought about lying about it. Uh, and he's just trying to get to he's just trying to get to Boston. Uh, you know, there was there was ten of us, but I'm alone now. We came from the Baltimore QZ. It's gone. What does that mean? It didn't work. Sometimes QZ zones get wrong. Oh, get wrong. oh infected. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. gone. Okay. Yeah. Now I get it. I Not thought like bomb mean. as in like humans no, no. did it. It no, just got okay. overran is all. But uh, It is no longer a QZ. <laughs> yeah, it is I no see. longer quarantined. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know, uh, I love the way he's like, <laughs> I love the way Nick Offerman handles the guns. The way he like looks around with them and stuff. It's so funny to me. Yeah, he's uh, always he's trend you know, he's thought about this. You know, he's yeah. a prepper, you know, like they got yeah, the prepper thing down. Survivalist. Um, oh, survivalist. sorry. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Uh, but, I think hey. there's a key difference though. I think there's a key difference. Preppers just just get all the fucking supplies. Survivalists have the fucking skills to survive after. Yeah. And, uh, like to I like I don't know. He's actually this episode like legitimately got me to start thinking about like I just need, I don't want to like look into how to grow my own food if Gardening, I ever need, yeah, yeah. like Gardening. legitimately. And like, I, I've always been interested in it, but like now it's like kind of like, maybe I need to know this. Like, well, I also okay. need to dig out a sub basement so that a Fedra ever comes knocking, I can hide yeah. uh, properly. Otherwise it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. I, I I do know a person. I used to work for someone who was a prepper, and I mean hardcore prepper. They had more money than they knew what to do with, so like they just right. could. Um, and hardcore prepper, and I know where I'm going. Like I'm <laughs> I am going there. Um, immediately if this ever happens. So um, I won't I won't say where. Um, no, right, right. I'll, I'll only invite there. a couple people. Um, yeah. because it can't invite too many people. It's not an Arby's, you know. Yeah, but every you bum you, you know. talk to about it's going to show up here looking yeah. for a free lunch, and this is not yeah. an Arby's. And Frank we got said, it. Oh, well, Arby's was a restaurant, sir. They did not do free lunch, and uh, <laughs> and you know this is when Frank, this is when Bill's like, okay, you know what, it's fine. Uh, 
and the man relents and Frank comes into his house, letting him take a hot shower and giving him a new set of clothes and the way he like kind of lingers in the room and is like, I haven't been around people in a very long time, let alone a very attractive man like you, Murray Bartlett. So I'm a little, uh, I'm a little nervous. Uh, I, I, I put clothes. Oh, I put clothes on the, you know, he like, he's so like in everything he does. Can I get five more minutes? This is amazing. Sure. Sure. You know, like, uh, I love it. Oh, that's what it was. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but uh man. yeah, Frank goes ahead and sits in the dining room. He's like, Man, this is pretty uh this is pretty impressive and and uh he's looking around and then he goes ahead and walks on out with a nice plate of food mm-hmm. and he's like oh, What the fuck? This is fucking gorgeous. You're totally right about him working in like the service industry or something before because he like legitimately like carries the plates and like presents everything like the want like even the bottle he like the wine and pours it yeah yeah like a hundred percent like i didn't this man, this catch man that, was but, like, some sort of service industry worker i am certain of it unless maybe um what's the fact fuck uh nick offerman nick o- thank you um maybe he just he worked in the service industry and maybe he just he's he you know he just has those skills just so he's, he's like i don't know no, um, the man the man's a renaissance man regardless but uh <laughs> <laughs> you know uh he the frank is impressed whenever he has a nice little bottle of bourgeois bourgeois uh to uh pour along with the rabbit a man who knows to pair a rabbit with a nice bourgeois and uh and he's like i know i don't seem the type and he's like no you do and i was like oh this is already fucking adorable i don't know where this is heading but i'm like yeah it. Like um, I, I think at this point, at this moment, I'm like, oh wait, are they gonna be a thing? Like I yeah. think I said that out loud. Yeah. Like you know, we're watching together, and I'm like, oh wait a minute. I'm like, because I was in the mind that he was just gonna be like right wing, you know, yeah, right. the whole time and be like, all right, get out of my house. But then like the more he was, and I'm like, he hasn't had a friend. He hasn't talked to anyone. It, yeah. it, he finally cooked for someone, and like to know what it to actually cook for someone and have them eat. Like it's weird. To cook for someone and watch them eat a meal, it's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. If you know, Especially like, when it's good. Yeah. Uh, and it, oh, it's so and the satisfying. The way he's all like, the way he's all like, well, anything tastes good whenever you're starving. And he's like, no, not like this. Yeah. And and he's like, <laughs> like, I love, I love Nick Offerman in this role, man. Oh, uh, the, every the line they had was so cute. It's like, so everything, good. man. Oh. But then they, they, they finish the meal and Frank turns his sight to the antique piano. Is that an antique? Yeah, it's a 1948. He's like, do you know how much this is worth? And he's like, nothing anymore. Uh, currently nothing. His, yeah. his line <laughs> deliveries. Yeah, like, he, like well, right now, currently, currently nothing. nothing. He's very, yeah, like, oh, he's so, man, it, everything he does this episode, it's like there wasn't a single thing that the, he did wrong. Um, oh, and I love another thing I love just about how good of a read Frank has on Bill. He goes already, goes straight to the piano, looks through the sheet music and goes, this isn't yours. This isn't yours. Linda Ronstadt, that's you. This is what you like. And uh, pulls out long, long time. Is like, I love this. And his performance leaves a bit to be desired. He's not terrible at the piano. He tried. Um, he he doesn't yeah. have a piano to practice on. He don't, you know. Um, come on. Yeah, fun give... fact. Fun fact about this actor: he's actually insanely good at piano. Uh, Mer- okay. Murray Bartlett is very good at piano. Interesting. So, I was wondering if like he was legitimately just not good, and if it, you know he 
was just trying to play it and he just happened well, to that's that. the thing he's good enough to like get by like i was like this is not this isn't that bad like i know it's not good uh the way he's like stumbling every once in a while but i'm like you know this is a lot better than i would do reading sheet music and trying to play a note you know like uh so i was yeah. like he's not bad and then uh the way <laughs> bill steps up and is like no 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 all right you're butchering the shit out of that i can't hear it any longer and i like that he was playing like an upbeat version of the song he was like uh He's like, love will abide. And he's like, he's like real happy about it. And then, uh, Bill steps in and he's like, uh, oh, you got to stop. And Frank's like, well, I'm no professional. He's like, well, neither am I, but, and, <laughs> and like, Frank, Frank goes, I know I'm better than you, you know, right now. I don't know. <laughs> Frank goes, oh, okay. Then show me, show me. And then I'll leave. I'll get the fuck out of here. And, uh, Nick Offerman plays the most beautiful rendition of long, long time aside from Linda Ronstadt's herself. And, uh, mm. you can watch Frank just kind of melt, just kind of fall in love with him here as he performs this, because there's also the fact you don't perform a song like this for just anybody, you know, you perform a song like this whenever you're like, I'm looking for connection. Mm-hmm. You know, regardless of who you're singing it to. Um, yeah. Dude just gave him a nice shower, a clean set of clothes, which is very rare these days. A shower rare and clothes rare. A meal that was out of this world. And then a song. Like a, a live performance of a song. Like, oh my God, how do you not fall in love with that, you know, after that? I don't know. Um, And just knowing, like... I I I don't want to jump the gun or anything, but like just knowing that this is like where they get married at the piano, mm. like it, like and it's just like everything that happens in that montage, you're like, oh fuck, you know, you're already like broken, you're already just crying, and you're just I'm like, already a shell a little, of a man. Yeah, just another little thing happens, and you can like, oh, that's what they fucking did that for, and then it's this like, ah, oh, this but. is the everything, everywhere, all at once of television episodes. Like when I cry for the last hour of that movie, I'm crying for the last thirty minutes of this episode of television. Like yeah. from the moment they eat the strawberries, I'm fucked. That's it. That was it for me. I was like, uh, and we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but Bill finishes his performance, and Frank asks, "Who's the girl?" And to which Bill replies, there is no girl. And Frank's like, yeah, I know. And uh, they they share a hesitant yet passionate kiss as Bill, and, like the way they like kiss at first and then he like stands and wraps his arms around him and it's just like, oh God. And then uh, Frank pulls away. What's your name? Uh, he goes, Bill. He says, take a shower, Bill. And it's like, <laughs> ooh. Yeah, and, uh, at, at, on one hand, it's like you smell, and on the other hand, it's like, oh, well, I'd rather you be clean. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, both, both, one hundred percent. But uh, they go ahead, and I love that Frank was like, I already know where this is heading. Uh, I'm a hop in bed naked while he's showering. Um, mm-hmm. I loved that shit. Bill walks out nice and hair pushed back, nice and matted down and he's like uh frank asks have you ever done this before and he's like once with a girl and he's like yeah yeah okay well i'll start with the i'll start with the beginner steps but i'm no whore not fucking for lunch you know so uh if i do this 
I'm going to have to stay a few days. And Bill's like, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. I'm all right with that. He was already hoping he was going to say that. Uh, because, I mean, I don't, th I think from the moment that he gave him the plate of like dinner, that was, he was like, all right, I don't want you to leave at all, actually. Like, he offers him seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you don't have, he's like, trust me, I would. He's like, I, I would. Um, Oh man, yeah, it was God, just such a from absolute strangers, you know, meeting in a hole out front, gun drawn to just absolutely like holy shit, that was like so beautiful to watch. And I didn't even know what I was about to get into, you know? Right. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Yeah, uh, because I love that when it's about to happen, it cuts to Frank yelling, fuck you. Uh quite literally. Um, but, uh, Bill and Frank are in an argument about Frank's desire to tidy up the compound because Frank's like, this is our home. The whole area is our home. We need to take care of it. And Bill's like, fuck no, we need to, we need to resource manage the shit out of this place. And, uh, he's like, I know you were all nine 11 was an inside job and the, the government are Nazis. And he's like, the government are Nazis. And he's like, yeah, now, but not then. And, uh, uh, it said in show. That's pretty, that's pretty not, you know, you don't really get it to say, like, we never hear in Star Wars that, like, the Empire's a bunch of not, well, I guess we kind of do. It's the most Star Wars way that they, they can say it. You can't really say yeah, fascists. Yeah. Um, not so I guess, I guess we do hear it, but it's nice just hearing in the show that, like, ye, like, I don't know. Just, that's uh, the image of evil, of fascism, yeah. you know, like, that's um, it. Uh, but yeah, Frank's like, I'm just gonna go ahead tidy up the lawns uh and i'm gonna tidy up a few of the shops and he's like what the fuck are you gonna do that for he's like are we having garden parties now formal garden parties he's like no but we are gonna have friends yeah, and i, mean, I, I guess imagine. we will have friends yeah the way I he didn't... said it you know like he didn't like he didn't want to say he was trying to ease him into this the yeah. whole time like yeah. the idea of joel and um, i can't imagine how crazy it would have sounded to bill to go but we will have friends. I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, the fuck we want. This is, that's what he said. Years. Yeah. It's that's what he said. <laughs> he's, he literally told him, he's like, what the, like, I literally, I don't know what the line what was, talking about? but it might be like, what the fuck are you talking about? There that's are no he's... friends to have. Yeah. And, uh, oh, he's that's like, uh, Frank reveals that he's been talking to a nice woman on the radio. And <laughs> They cut. What? Yeah, he's like, yeah. what? Uh, uh, and we cut to the nice woman being a younger Tess who is with Joel. And this is 2010. So they'd been together for at least 13 years at the uh, time of Tess's death. Maybe not together. To, okay. oh, yes, together, together. Uh, and we'll get to what I what that means later. Uh, but uh, join, uh, they joined Bill and Frank for a pleasant lunch to discuss partnering on a smuggling operation. And Tess is like, even if we don't end up working together, I absolutely love your setup here. This is absolutely fantastic. And uh, Frank's like, thank you so much. And Bill's got the gun on the table. Joel's staring him down. They're just a perfect little just pairing on both sides. I absolutely Ugh. love it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Joel <laughs> immediately is understanding of Bill's paranoia. You know, if uh, if my if mine brought a stranger into a situation 
Uh, and that's not so much like, I don't know how to describe you two. It's more, I don't know how to describe me and her. Uh, Oh, I didn't even really think about that. Yeah. It's not really that he's not, I, he knows, he knows their partners. He's just like, we've never really talked about that. We just are like, we, we, we've just latched onto each other and that's it. Mm. Uh, sort of thing. Uh, at least that's how I, I view it. Cause yeah. he's very, very standoffish to define it at all points. Every time someone asks him, uh, you know, he, when Ellie asks him, you know, how did you and Tess? And he's like, pass. Like, nope, we're not doing that. Um, mm. But uh, regardless, uh, I loved their little conversation here where Bill's like, yeah, we're all self-sufficient out here. You know, like this is we're good. And Joel's like, yeah, sure, sure. But uh, that fence there done in like a year, I could get you 10 spools of aluminum, tensile fucking strength, whatever the fucking you'll be just conning them here. No, no. You think it's real? Okay, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, I, maybe like a little. I didn't. I didn't know if it was just like Joel was like, "All right, this dude's got some good shit here. We really need this." But like, I think he he was he was like he actually saw a problem. This then, is like, the most genuine Joel's gotten in the show, uh, besides at the beginning with his daughter. Um, whenever he's like, uh, I like he, it's the it's the only way he can show he cares about anybody. Him going like, you know. Like, I see you got a problem here. That'll be done. You can have this set up for the rest of your life. Lives. You know, he's like, I, I, I see what you got going on here. Uh, and the meeting ends well with Frank proposing a music-based radio code to Tess, suggesting 80s music could signal trouble. And as soon as I heard that, I texted you and I went, fuck, 80s music means trouble. No, no, no. And uh, <laughs> Joel tells uh... And this is this is again perfect just pairing them off Frank and Tess talking about a code system and how they're going to work everything out and how everything's going to be all hunky dory and they'll be perfect together and Joel tells Bill Fedra won't come you're good the infected won't come you're good but there are people out there who will want what you have raiders they'll come by night they'll come armed you should be mindful of them and Bill's like we'll be fine and uh just love that these two obviously see something in each other that is their protectors you know like and they they, they say as much later like that's just uh, yeah i love the uh, tiny the tiny connection they make here uh, yeah because frank gives tess like a maybe a pistol or something i don't know a small gun you know he says a small one mm-hmm. uh, but like tess gets uh I felt like she got like a lot more. I felt like she got like a, a pack as well, you know. Um, mm, yeah. And then they got strawberry, you know, like for the strawberry seeds or whatever. But like it was not like they kind of made that deal like behind, like behind each other's backs, you know. Yeah. Um, it was just the whole like couple, like the double date thing that was going on. Just it's and perfect. then the new, you know, because like Frank and Bill are like a new couple, so it's like it's cute just seeing anything with them together, you know. Now even their They're fights, just- you know, so. There's this great depiction of double dates in uh, the movie Crazy Rich Asians where uh, the main characters are on a double date with a couple who's about to be married and uh, the guys silo off and talk to each other for at the same table. They like bend over and talk to each other like this and the the ladies bend over and talk to each other on the other side of the table where they're having two separate conversations. Nobody's talking. They're not talking as a group. They're talking um, to each other. And that's exactly what played out here. Which was uh, just outstanding. But uh, we do then go to 2013. 
So uh, another three years down the line, this is eight years, I believe, after or six years after uh, Frank walked into Bill's uh, hole in the ground. But uh, the uh, the outer fence has become even more fortified with stronger traps and a wall of cars. <laughs> Don't know how he managed that, but boy, did he. Uh, and <laughs> Frank takes yeah. Bill on a run on a run through the town, which I thought was super cute because Bill is having a tough time and Frank is trucking. Oh, I didn't even think. Yeah. The three year jump after, uh, like being with Joel and like, now they have that they're like trade relationship. So like that three years, that's how his base got better was yeah. like just through Joel. I didn't, oh, I didn't even, like, duh. Like, yeah, yeah his flamethrowers all out there and like car, the fence is like super, yeah, Gay. Oh, it's like, oh yeah, it's like the code now to the fence. Oh yeah, Joel hooked him up, dude. Joel hooked him the fuck up. I didn't even think about that. Um, huh? Yeah, I guess three. Yeah, about three. That's more than enough time. And what year is present, or what year are we in? Oh, so it, so it is like present, present. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeesh. Um. Fourth week. Um. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so it's been about three years. So uh, hmm. nevertheless, they're going on a run here. And uh, Frank has a little surprise for Bill. He's like, I want to show you something. Bill goes, huh? And he goes, not that. And Bill goes, huh? Which I thought was so fucking funny. And again, just adorable. I absolutely love these guys. And uh, Was it, huh? As in like he was wanting to? Or like, huh? As in like, no way I would be able to after this run right now. Oh, I didn't even consider that. Because he was running, he was like, it, when are we I stopping, you know? Like a, I took it as like, a, oh, a treat at the end of the run. Uh, less so than like, I don't know that I'll be able to. I took it as like, a, huh, maybe this will be worth it. And then he goes, not that. Uh, you know, like, because there, there's okay. definitely a disappointed grunt That's after true. he yeah. says no. That is true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm th- incredibly thankful that I'm in the happiest relationship of my life watching this. Mm. Uh, because if I was single, sorry to all the single folks who are enjoying this show, because this had to be hell. Uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it was really nice watching, you know, just, yeah. just yeah. with someone. Uh, we bawled our eyes out together. You know, that yeah. was a, that it was an experience. I'm praying. Oh, my God. To watch this because I'm like. I, like I could just sit there and be like, I like, I saw a tweet that was like, how am I going to sleep at night knowing I'll never have what Frank and Bill have? <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, I feel pretty good about my situation, so I don't have worries like that. But if I was single, something like this used to just absolutely fuck me up, you know? Um, hey, but that's the th- if you are single, you will find that person and you will yeah. have these moments eventually. It could be it could be the apocalypse. You know, it could be, it could be four years after the apocalypse has taken hold. Somebody's out there. Uh, but nevertheless, what he was leading him to on this run was a nice little garden of strawberries that he'd planted using seeds provided by Joel and Tess, uh, traded for one of Bill's guns. Which gun? A small one. Don't worry. And, uh, they go ahead and take a bite of the straw, strawberries and the, this, this moment alone, could have earned Nick Offerman the performance nod for me. This man can act his ass off in regards to acting like he hasn't eaten a strawberry in 10 plus years. Oh, um, you're right. They did like the way oh, they like, like giggle. Yeah. Like, like he takes a yeah. bite. And he's like, <laughs> like I haven't tasted this in 10 years. Like it's, that's what this episode is so 
fucking good at taking like all the things we take for granted in day-to-day life a nice shower uh five more minutes please the taste of a strawberry fucking tampons you know like all all these things are just things that in an apocalypse would go away and now they're getting to earn those things back and it's like oh it's just so sweet to see them react to it like this episode was good in its own self in a vacuum obviously we all know this it like the way it enhanced episode two it like also enhanced itself even more because it enhanced episode two and like it's just like i i'm I'm a, I love yin yang. Like if there's, there's for all good, there is bad, you know, there's, there's a balance to everything. I like that. And you know, we got that balance. You got the absolute worst of worst, you know, seeing how a couple could end in the apocalypse. And then we see how a couple can be very fulfilled and satisfied and both, you know, the complete opposite end. Um, and like Frank's whole thing was flowers, paint not re you know it's also important for those resources to go to things that we like not Mm -hmm. just to survive you know that is also important you know like i don't know getting by by isn't the same as being fulfilled Uh, yes it's it's not exactly uh, yeah good point i hadn't even considered that but uh yeah i this is when i started to just break is when bill goes i'm sorry Mm -hmm. and frank's like what for and he says you know getting older faster than you are and frank going this is my favorite line of the episode i like you older older means we're still here and i was just like oh my god i i started there and then he gets even more vulnerable with him going like i was never afraid before you showed up there's my line yeah yeah Yeah. i i didn't know the exact wording i was waiting for it um but oh my god because it's totally right it's his it's it's like what his character development is he mm-hmm. was the jackboot, I will kill anybody, you know, who steps on my doorstep to, to like, I am now crying to you. I am now like, uh, you know, I'm a, like, I wasn't afraid to die and now I'm afraid I could lose you Man. or I could be taken away from you. Yeah. I don't want you to suffer that pain. Because and it was, that's, that's what he's saying. Like, I don't want to die before you because I don't want you to know what the pain of my loss would be like. I'm sorry. I'm getting older than you are. You know, like that just tore me the fuck up, man. Yeah, and was the wording of Bill the line? It was I was never afraid before you, or I was never afraid. I was never I was never afraid before you showed up. Showed up. That's right. Yeah, I mean, man, it was. You're right. It was really the strawberry patch, and then from that moment on, it's just it's over. It's over for me, man. I am sobbing, but. uh that leads into one rainy night where a group of ra- raiders is approaching, attempting to ambush the compound, only to set off a few more of Bill's traps, setting one of them ablaze. And uh, Frank wakes up and is like, fuck, where's Bill? Where's Bill? Don't worry, Frank. He's already outside gunning motherfuckers down. Uh, Kind of crazy of him to just be standing out there. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, he's got the sniper and got the, I mean, dude, you're a prepper. You'd think you'd have some nest some barrier or something wow his tv he needed to get shot he needed, he needed to get, to taken, get shot you know, whatever. especially for the faux pas they throw at us later but uh regardless uh bill is out there defending the compound when frank goes out there and inadvertently accidentally distracts him into being shot 
Um, and uh, Frank has to drag Bill back into the house while the traps finish off the rest of the Raiders. And uh, as uh, Frank goes ahead and tends to Bill's wounds, Bill is like, all right, this is what you need to do. I need you to be able to take care of yourself. This is what's going to happen. I thought he was done. I'm I'm sobbing. I'm I'm still I'm still teary eyed. I'm not sobbing yet. I'm still teary eyed. Right. And then he goes, call Joel. Joel will take care of you. Joel will take care of you. I promise. And I I lost it. I was like, oh my fucking god. Oh, I was confused here. Because I was like, protect you. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know what to feel here because I'm like, Frank is kind of doing, you know, it's like he's prepared for this. Frank has been prepared for Bill to get shot. And he's like, because Bill's like, hey, I have a list. And Frank's like, take me through the list. You know, he's very calm during mm-hmm. this situation. You know, he's like, all right, take me through the list. And I think he knows he's going to pass out like that, that, that he's been through this. You know, it's like if I get shot and I am, you know, bleeding a lot, like, I will pass out from the pain. It It mm. is going to happen. So, like, I will get loopy. Don't freak out. I will pass out. You know, I don't know. Maybe, like, that's what he told him. And Because Frank is chill the whole time, even when he's, like, called you. You know, like, very, very on the very end of his, you know, right before he passes out. I think it's kind of a – I think it's kind of a – if needs you're in speak. a couple, one of you needs to be calm. If you're if you're in a pairing, one of you needs to be the the level head, regardless of what situation you're in, uh, mm. and one of you will be the level head. Like that's just a guarantee. I think in this moment, Frank's every every survival instinct that this that Bill has ever instilled in him kicked in, and he was ready to protect the man who's protected him. You know, like it was it was beautiful. I absolutely loved that scene. But it ends with a fade to black and us opening in August of 2023. So a mere month or less before where we at we're at in the present timeline. It's uh, only a month. It's less than a month. It's, it's oh, only a month. Uh, I I kind of thought it was like just oh I guess it's because that yeah they had their the mute oh my god no it had to have been. Yeah, it had to be recent, and it also, the flowers outside, the last thing we see Bill do is actually water those flowers, and those flowers aren't completely right. dead yet. Oh my god, and that's how Joel looks at them, and he knows yeah, that he's because like, the flowers wrong. are dead, that something's wrong. Oh no. But, uh, yeah, ten years later, uh, we see Frank sitting alone in a wheelchair on the porch, and that's when I went, no, fuck, no, and then Bill walks out right behind him, and I'm like, okay, okay, cool, okay, cool, and, uh, Due to an, un- I believe it's a, a multiple sclerosis that's doing this to that's doing this to Frank. If I'm not mistaken, it seems like MS. It's affecting his motor skills like crazy. His paintings are getting more abstract. He can't walk, oh. uh, but uh, he spends most of his days painting while Bane, Bill maintains their uh, plants and such and takes care of the neighborhood, which I think is fucking adorable. But uh, Frank finally declares. After a full night spent in bed where he did not fall asleep, that today will be his last day. And Bill proposes finding a doctor. But Frank's Mm -hmm. like, even when we, even when this wasn't the situation in the world, this didn't have a cure. Um, 
there's nothing. That's what I was. Yeah, it's like he kind of knows. Like I don't know. That's why I was like, he knows it didn't have a cure, so he just like I was just thinking like cancer the whole time. Cancer, you know? Yeah, cancer was a natural um, was a natural uh, leap to make. It was the leap I made for a while until like uh, just more of the signs he was showing. That's right. The, the painting world. and yeah. yeah, that's okay. I I'm more with you there now. Yeah. But, um, because I, guess I thought maybe it doesn't was, matter. I, I guess, thought it was like know. maybe like a tumor in his back mm-hmm. at first because of the lack of walking. But then when his motor skills were like he can't he can't even eat or drink, it has yeah. to be like yeah, like it's it's a different deal. Uh but he comforts Bill by saying, This is this is what we're gonna do on our last day. We'll go to the boutique. And we'll pick out, I'll pick you out a set of clothes. You will wear them. We'll get rings and we'll get married. You will serve me dinner. And at the end of the night, you will take this package of pills, mix them into my wine, and I will fall asleep in your arms. Uh, And I, nope, nobody. Like the three buildings that he asked to fix in the very beginning with the ones that they are. Come on. Oh my god, it's already starting, you know. It's like it's it already like you, you get the little you're like okay, you, like oh and like they're the the relationship it's like so unique and we've just met them. But every line that they say to each other, it's so them. You know like it's already them and we we've just been with them this episode. It's insane how much like I already feel like I know their relationship. It's so I don't know. It's it's insane that this is an episode of television and not an entire movie. Like I, the feelings that I have, like this episode is like what I would feel like after a two hour movie. It, you is, know, a after short, it is a fucking short film. This is yeah. the power of a bottle episode. Just give me, give me, if you can do this in an, cause there's like a, it's an hour and 15 minute episode. There are a good 10 minutes spent with Joel and Ellie before and a good almost 10 minutes after. This is 55 minutes of them, and it is some of the most resonant storytelling I have ever watched in my life. Like, I'm I'm in awe of their relationship, and that makes me emotional. I've never had a just piece of television thinking about how good it is make me like, I'm like, wow. I can't believe they pull off what they pull off in this episode. I'm I'm thoroughly convinced I'm going to have to give recency bias a chance to wear off. This might be my single favorite episode of television I've ever watched. That's what I was trying to think is like what other single episode? I'm like one way out fucked me up. Sure. And Andor. Not like this. Like, I loved that episode, and I loved the finale of Andor, and I love all sorts of Star Wars television, and I love a bunch of episodes of Game of Thrones. And and I loved Game of Thrones. I would consider it my favorite series of all time. The Sopranos, right up there with it. Not a single episode of either one of those shows made me feel the way that this episode of television felt. Um, And like I said tens across the board it's easy it's without a doubt list. yeah without a doubt but i uh, mean it's insane that this is episode three yeah. of nine and i'm that's what i'm most curious is like 
one third of the episodes that we've got, or two thirds of the episodes that we've gotten have been bangers and I've cried, you know, one way more than the other. I don't know. Next episode will be very interesting to see like if they continue. I don't think we're going to get an Andor situation. No, like not arcs. I mean, just like, no, 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 no. I know. I know. I mean, what happened with Andor is we got to an episode and went, no way they top this. And then they did. I genuinely don't believe there is any fucking chance that they come close to this. And that's not to say that any other episodes won't be fucking amazing. That's just how good this episode was. Like, I'm sitting here, you know, we talked about Andor that way. And now I'm sitting here going, this is better than any episode of Andor. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, like, if they do... I will happily That's what I was going to say is like yeah television ever. If they somehow, I don't know what they could even it has to be like the finale. I don't know. I don't even know what that would even mean to be better than this. But oh, I'm man, nervous for what it would mean, buddy, because there's a reason this fucked me up and it's because it's it's the full life story and if we have to see someone important to this show and I don't know that I'm ready for that. Um but uh Bill does oblige Frank's request. And uh he even serves his longtime partner the exact same meal of rabbit and wine from the day that they had first met all those years ago. And this whole montage, them picking out the clothes, getting married at the piano, um, this is this is my scene. This and the oh, dinner. Yeah. It is um, the scene. I I don't one. think there's any There's zero doubt in my fucking mind. Um yeah. No, just had to be the case. I am just a fucking puddle in my bed at this point, just sobbing mm-hmm. and sobbing and sobbing. And I'm like, I'm sitting there like, God, I don't know the last time I felt this watching a thing. Uh, as far as the the heartbreak, but also fulfillment, because when we get here and the time comes for the wine and Bill mixes the crushed pills into the glass and Frank downs it. Bill then pours himself a glass and downs it at the same speed. And I'm not going to lie to you. When he walked out there with that bottle, he came in from the kitchen. Frank wasn't in there with him. I went, they're both done. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. They oh, both, I, um, you know, I, in my head, I was like, this is the way that Frank wants to go out. And, you know, I'm good. This is the way Bill wants to go out. Then, like, yeah. that's what he says when he gives this monologue and, when Frank asks, you know, there were sleeping pills already in the wine, huh? And he goes, enough to kill a horse. I I broke even more if it was possible to break more. Yep. And then mm-hmm. he went like, he, he gave that monologue where he goes, I'm old, I'm satisfied, and you were my purpose. And my fucking God, bro, I'm having a tough time just talking about it now. That was outstanding. The word purpose. When he purpose, I remember hearing that word. Oh, letting you know, letting out like a fucking gasp, like yeah, oh yeah, and little choke, and even like Frank's reaction to he was like, "I should be, I should be furious, 
from, from an objective, objective standpoint, it is so romantic. You and know, I, I gave a little like, laugh. You know, it was like a yeah. laugh, but a cry. It like broke me it's even further. It's like a laugh, but crying. It. It's the craziest thing that this isn't necessarily sad. Like mm-hmm. the way that they pulled it off, it's the most bittersweet moment I've ever watched on screen. Like, I'm like, I don't want to see them go, but goddamn, is it romantic? You know, like I feel the same way Frank does in this ro- in this moment. It's so fucking good and the way it ends with frank saying take me to bed Mm -hmm. outstanding and the idea that bill had to have already wrote this letter yep and he's a prepper Mm -hmm. you know he prepared for that uh that when oh it had to have been that day um okay yeah like it's it's not like he prepped prepped like that no like he he uh Mm. He wrote. I'm assuming he wrote it when he was making dinner. Um, took a little extra time to make some dinner, but was actually writing a mm-hmm. writing that letter to whomever, but probably Joel. <laughs> but uh, oh man, but that does end the just best part of an episode of television I've ever watched, and uh, it brings us to an arrival in Lincoln where weeks have passed. And it's become overgrown with neglect. Flowers are wilting, and Joel and Ellie arrive at the compound to find a house seemingly empty, though Joel notices the bedroom door is locked. And Ellie looks around the house, noting, noticing the rotting remains of Bill and Frank's last meal, and finds a letter Bill left for whomever, but probably Joel. She assumed she fell under whomever. Um, and in the note, Bill explains that his and Frank's bodies are in the bedroom. He, he says, please don't open the door. Um, it's probably quite a sight, but we did leave the window open so it wouldn't sneak up the house. And he explains that he used the, he used to hate the world and was happy when it ended only. And there was only one person worth saving when he found his per when he found his purpose, Frank. And he tells Joel that people like the two of them have a duty to protect the people worth saving. And, uh, he tells him you have to protect and Ellie can't can't keep going and that's when joel decides that he's going to take the letter and that's that's when the last episode is enhanced like crazy um that's Mm. when i'm like oh my god i'm i'm a fucking wreck okay like ellie she didn't say tess because i you know yeah whatever but like joel Joel well, told her before more. that was like, you don't bring her up anymore. Yep. And then so it she wasn't gets because to... she was uncomfortable saying or like, yep. oh, no, it's because she didn't want to say it to Joel. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's it's so good. And uh, briefly he takes a moment. Up. Yeah. Like he like just walks outside, you know, and just like has a moment to himself. Like he just takes the letter. I was praying it didn't happen. This is the closest Joel can come to expressing himself. Um, I was praying he'd drop to his knees or something. Just mm. just anything to show Let, me. Like, yeah. Because um, I was like, he lost Tess right there. And then now he finds out that his only other friends, you know, he probably doesn't have anyone else other than Tommy. And Tommy's probably dead too now. Like, who knows yeah, right. what the fuck happened to Tommy? Like, oh my God. Like, every, like, Everyone in his life is gone now besides Ellie. Ellie. And yeah. and it's like, I can't wait to see. And this, 
this is when after the words of Tess and after the words of Bill is when I think he is finally like, I'm going to, I will protect Ellie. You know, like it like he was just doing it as like, I, I didn't promise Tess, but Tess wanted me to. This is now Bill's per or not Bill's. Bill has now given him mm. purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our purpose is to protect and now you have to do it. Um, and therein he's going to protect Tess's last wish at the very least. Uh, and, and Ellie, um, he took a breath, man. He just, instead of acting breath. on instinct and just, yep. you know, what it went was outside just... and took a breath, man. Yep. But they go ahead, take everything, take everything they need, find everything they, they want to take. And, uh, Joel declares that he's going to lay some ground worlds from this point on. Oh, this is when oh, he says it's... never mentioned Tess again. Oh, okay. So that was genuinely from a place of I thought that happened at the beginning of the episode for some reason. But yeah, uh, me too. Huh. Uh, she can never tell anyone about the bite mark, as most people will not take the time to hear her out. And she needs to do everything he tells her. And Ellie agrees. And they head down to the sub basement. They find everything they need. Still blasting '80s music. The system was automatically set to start playing the Trouble playlist if it was not reset every few weeks. And Ellie once again asks Joel if she can take one of Bill's. Oh, I didn't even fucking think that it just hadn't been reset in a few weeks. That's why it started playing 80s music. Oh, at the end of the first episode. Yeah. It wasn't even the Fireflies, actually. They'd been dead for a couple weeks. Yeah. But that was the first time it played 80s music, though. Yeah, was, it's been, it's been running on a loop for a couple weeks. That's what it's that's what it was set to do. Uh, oh, I thought. Oh, okay, oh, okay. I thought it was like if it wasn't reset after a couple weeks, then play eighties music. Or is it? Yes, what, and it wasn't. It, and because they died a few weeks before. Oh, okay. So yeah, it does. Say, so you're saying music. it does line up? I got you. Yeah. Got you, got you. It started okay. playing eighties music because they died a few weeks ago. Oh. Man, because um, I thought yeah. the '80s music was in response to like the fireflies are about to. It just uh, means trouble. Yeah, I thought it was like um, in response to to that for some reason, but no, it's just Bill and like it's it's there. It's only the it's only theirs. Only you know, their code. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But uh, they rummage through the house and they both take a nice little shower. And uh, Ellie finds Frank's gun in a drawer. And when she hears Joel approaching, she quickly hides it. And uh, she gives him a little shit about looking all cute. And uh, he's like, mm-hmm. shut up. And they uh, they hop in the car. And uh, she's like, wow. And he's like, you've never been in a car before. And he's like, yeah. She's like, yep, it's like a spaceship. He's like, no, it's like a shitty Chevy from 03. <laughs> but whatever, it'll get the job done. Uh, and after uh, after a while, she finds some music. And the tape turns out to be long, long time. By Linda Ronstadt and Joel, she's like, "I'm gonna change it." And Joel goes, "No, this is the shit right there. That's Linda Ronstadt. Let that play. You better not touch that fucking stereo. You you yeah. turn that down, or you pa- you no, you're out of here. I'm actually taking back my promise if you turn this radio off right now. And I won't. Well, and I don't think, <laughs> but I think this resonates. This is a song for Joel. Um. Like, I don't think they left it for Joel or anything, but it makes the most sense to Joel's story. Uh, listen to the lyrics here. 
Uh, love will abide. Take things in stride. It sounds like good advice, but there's no one at my side. Time washes clean, wounds left unseen. That's what someone told me, but I don't know what it means. Because I've done everything I know to try and make you mine, and I think I'm going to love you for a long, long time. That could be in reference to his daughter. That could be in reference yeah. to S. It's it's just... Jeez. Uh, no, man. Yeah. It just It's only getting better and better. You see, like, that's the thing. And we already we, agreed. Tens across the board. Uh, oh, oh yeah. I don't, I don't think that that's much of a debate. Um, I don't think like I hope that they keep like the tens in the genre. I think that's very doable for them. Kind of every episode, if they just keep the world, maintain their, maintain yeah, like, their world. Yeah, the world's just that cool that um, I think it's it's so easy for them. But man, I don't. I I think I'm with you on. I don't think that they can top this. I like maybe it's like they knew cuz that they knew this episode was good. Mm-hmm. Like you don't make like I don't know. They and knew this, is this the episode. First was one good. where they've straight like apparently the first two episodes are like shot for shot video game. This one Bill and Frank are a tiny role in the video game and they mm-hmm. went ahead and gave them an entire fucking backstory. And it was like uh, the Neil Druckmann described it as a no brainer. He was like, as soon as I read it, it was one of the best things I'd ever read. And I was like, wow. this is exactly what should happen here. And uh, they got a good system going over there. They do. I like there's something in the water at HBO. And that's the, the thing. Video, like it's fucking incredible. A lot of video games have just really good stories like Jedi Fallen Order. That's the thing is, like, if you haven't played the game, you just have no idea. But if you play the game, you just know that you just basically sat through a way longer Star Wars movie, and you got to play it. And it's like, so if you love the universe already, it's like, it's so cool. But to see it come the other way, and to see it come into Hollywood, into the mainstream, is way cooler, but especially when it's done right. Like, that's the thing. The Assassin's Creed, I think it was a movie. came out and it was just like it was cheesy it's like okay whatever um you know we do have things like arcane now on netflix which is really really good um critically like i haven't watched it but people hold that in very very high esteem Mm -hmm. um and i'd say this is like one of the only other video game other than cyberpunk maybe that has actually come to the mainstream media and done well and they've just stuck with the video game is the thing. They stuck the story is good. Like in these video games, like I don't yeah, know. It seems they, like they're only gonna expand where yeah. they feel like it can improve the story, not where yeah. they're just like, let's just take a bunch of random fucking liberties. No, this was this was a liberty they took, and it was kind of a fucking risk. You know, the gaming community mm. is not exactly the most loving of people who are not white straight dudes. Um and to to introduce them to a gay couple and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh random thing things i've seen online where it's like oh this felt forced two out of ten i don't like it i'm like i you might not even realize it but this is homophobic this is one of the best episodes of tv ever and the only thing that's holding you back from liking it is that it's two guys yeah 
Like that's if this was a straight couple, you would have said that this was one of the most epic displays of romanticism ever on screen. And frankly, I straight up don't think it would be as good as a as a straight part of part of the resonance of this of this is the fact that Bill had probably realized his sexuality, but had never gotten a chance to act on it while everyone was alive. He got it. He got a second chance to be happy with the person he wanted to be happy with the people he wanted to be happy with. Like that's there's something about this that just hits on so many levels. And again, tens across the board. This season is off to an incredible start. I'm just floored. I'm floored. Sad to see the IMDb ratings. Um, Probably probably review bombed. Yeah, very heavily. 51% 51% of the votes are tens. 28, almost 30% are ones. 30% of the votes. So yeah, it's like a little ridiculous, but on Rotten Tomatoes, um, audience score of 93, critic score of 96. Critically better, like that's the thing. If it is critically better than the audience score, you know. It got a little review bombed probably. Yeah. Um, so man, but, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have to wrap this up. This is definitely clocking in at over three hours. Um, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll try to be a little bit better about time management, uh, next time with episodes four through six, unless they're just that good. In which case we will go ahead and give it three hours to breathe. Uh, but with that, we will conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom podcast if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including a new poll list coming out later this week for comic books, a bunch of movie reviews, a bunch of book reviews, a lot of stuff over there. For three bucks a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is a huge help because it costs me money and I don't make any unless it's over there. Any off the podcast. I do have a job for the record. Uh, head to Twitter, follow at pennybloompod, follow on Instagram at pennybloompodcast. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And take me to bed.